1: Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a fun one, folks, a very special one. And want to let you know, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a nonpartisan debate platform. And we have debates on politics, science, and religion. And want to let you know, no matter what walk of life you're from, we totally welcome you here. We're glad you're here. We hope you have a great time. And with that going to give you some of the details about the debate but want to mention if this is your first time here consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more debates to come so for example on monday our good friend oliver janich will be debating vosh on climate change so that should be a lot of fun tune in for that and for tonight we are going to have a fairly flexible format You could say 10 to 12 minutes or so for the opening statements could be even shorter than that up to the speaker. Then we will be having about 50 to 60 minutes of open dialogue and then Q and A for about 30 minutes. So if you happen to have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. If you tag me with at modern day debate, makes it easier for me to get every question in that Q and A list to try to work through during that Q and A super chat is also an option in which case it'll push your question to the top of the list and Also, want to let you know, I'm going to give a quick introduction to the speakers, as well as ask if they'd be willing to share about what you can find at their links, which are conveniently already down there in the description box waiting for you right now, folks. So we'll start with Dr. Ben Burgess. We are very excited to have you here, Ben. Thanks so much for joining us and want to let you know, folks. So he is a philosopher, you could say philosophy professor, philosopher, synonymous, and also has his own podcast. And you've seen him in many places on YouTube as well. So welcome. Thanks so much, Ben, for being here. And what can people expect to find at your link? Uh,
2: thanks for having me, James. Uh, so they can find the uh, the podcast, which is called Give Them an Argument. And uh, it's also on YouTube. Premieres on Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and they can also find links to what I've written in uh, Jacobin, where I've got a regular column. Uh, and... Um, I don't know. Miscellaneous stuff. I forgot what all I put there.
1: You bet. Thanks so much. And we will kick it over to Mr. Reagan, who is a popular YouTuber who defends Donald Trump and wanna oh that's that gives me an opportunity. I wanna I wanna let you know, folks, that is though Mr. Reagan is a legit Trump backer, big time Trump. However, I have to clarify, as Ben said, he would take this debate, but he's not really a Biden guy. So Ben is he said, hey, if it's kind of a lesser of two evils kind of debate, he's like, I, I'm not a Trump guy. That's for sure. And so basically, I want to let you know that that's kind of where the two angles of, of where each of our speakers will, will come tonight. And so with that, though, Mr. Reagan, thrilled to have you here. What can people expect <laughs> to find at your link?
0: Well, you could just go to my YouTube channel, and you'll find hilarious and brilliant videos that everyone will love. Fun for the whole family.
1: Thanks so much. (laughs) Excited to have you guys here. And with that, we will get it started for tonight. You know, I never actually, in the discussion as we set this up, I never asked who would like to go first. Does anybody have a preference on who would like to go first?
0: I actually don't mind, but since Ben went first last time... I can do do him a favor and just present him with my basic argument first, if he likes. Up to you. Okay. It says I'm the s- stronger supporter of one of the candidates. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I also would like to say that I brought these. Sorry. A, a special weapon. Secret weapon, Ben. You ready for this?
2: All right. Let's do it.
0: Boom. Ooh. See that? It's 30% like that. smarter right here.
2: Yeah. It's so it's sci-
0: like It says that from the science, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. No, so you're yeah. in trouble. No, I'm not actually going to wear those because that's silly.
2: Yeah, no. I have 20-20
0: no, vision.
2: I remember when Rick Perry did that.
0: <laughs> did he really?
2: No, to he, to he make... literally he ran for president twice. And the second time he was wearing, you know, like, like, he started wearing glasses. Start. <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, don't take me, don't, don't, uh. Don't lack respect just because I don't have the glasses. All right. We're taking those off.
2: Hey, I'll take mine off. That's fine.
0: Oh, no, no. you You can wear them. It's all good. All right. Let's see here. I would just like to start out by saying this. Trump is the best possible president in 2020, not for conservatives, for literally everyone. All right. People say he's divisive. He's not divisive. If you look at all of his accomplishments, right? If you actually read his policy measures, the things that he has signed, he's not even really right wing. He's totally moderate. If anything, he he might be considered a little bit left politically. Why is he considered far right wing? He's considered far right wing because of slurs, because of slander and libel from the left wing media, primarily CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, these kind of places because they don't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not an establishment guy. Donald Trump is not a far leftist. He does not help push forward the progressive uh, ideas that a lot of reporters and people think are really great, right? Uh, But let's, let's look through a couple of things. These are just a few things that I listed real quick right before the show. I didn't put them all up. He created, he's essentially created peace in the Middle East, You'll probably debate me on that. You'll probably think that that's not 100% true. But he has done more to establish peace in the Middle East than like any other president. All of his international policies have been amazing. He's de-escalated tensions with North Korea. He's, he's done a fantastic job on that front, which all leftists up until the time of Trump thought was a good idea. Now suddenly, oh, well, we're not so sure. We don't We don't really want to talk about that. He made CBD and hemp legal, right? That's something a lot of leftists should love. Uh, you know, the EP- he fixed the water in Flint. His EPA fixed the water in Flint. That was something everybody's screaming about. Then he went in and fixed that. Tr- Trump is a doer, right? He's he's a businessman and he goes in and he doesn't say, let's bring in a committee to figure out how to do this. He just says, what's the best way to do it? He gets some experts. What's the best way to do it? Okay, let's figure out a plan to implement that. And then he actually does it. He does things so much faster and so much more effectively than like any other president probably ever that you you cannot deny he's effective. If you don't like his policies, okay, you can't deny he's effective. But then if you look at what he's done, he signed into law uh, a law that gave pharmacists the legal right to properly advise patients. We can get uh, FOSTA and SESTA helped fight uh, sex trafficking. Um, Let's see here, because of his economy before coronavirus, uh, Americans were getting a 4.5% income boost uh, there's 13 millions of million acres of wilderness that have been, ex- you know, expanded the national parks. He's designated a lot of land as wilderness. So, you know, environmentalists should love him. He did, de- he did, de- excuse me, deregulated prescription drug imports from uh, Canada. So drug prices have dropped 11% under Trump. He created parental leave for federal employees. Uh, these are all left wing things, things that leftists have always said that they've always wanted, and they've never been able to get under any president, including Obama, including uh, Bill Clinton. He created the First Step Act that aimed to help black Americans, uh, uh, you know, in the ju- in the judicial system. He increased funding for historically black colleges by like an insane amount, which by the way, I don't like any of the uh, stuff that is specifically targeted to race, I, you know, helping specific races. I don't like that. I, I feel like that divides us as a country, but the left always loves that. They always think we need to give black people more stuff. Well, Trump's definitely done that. Uh, Trump, and there was another thing called the platinum plan that he just put in place. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Trump ordered an initiative to decriminalize homosexuality in every country around the world. The, The weird thing about all this is that you've probably never heard of most of those things, right? Because the media does not talk about his more sort of like left-leaning accomplishments because they want you to think that he's far right. It's not Trump that divides the country. If if we treated Trump fairly in the media, he would be the most, he would be the least divisive president in history. He would bring the country together, but he's not, they don't report on him appropriately. Now let's turn to Biden. Biden is incompetent. Biden can barely form coherent sentences most of the time. And I have that problem a little bit too, but I'm not running for president right now. Maybe one day and <laughs> which time I'll have to deal with that myself, but it's, I think that it's a huge mistake. And I think most people think it's a mistake to bring in somebody who has trouble formulating sentences, forgets what he's talking about. Uh, and the, the truth is we don't exactly know who we're voting for on the left, because if he does prove to be incompetent, he's going to have to be replaced probably by Kamala at first but who's going to control her or who's going to control him if he's not replaced? You know, uh, Nancy Pelosi came out talking about the 25th Amendment and how this isn't really about Trump and how we got to look at potentially how to make sure our president is competent in this kind of thing. Well, that could also apply to Biden. She could be trying to sweep the leg uh, once Biden gets into office and take over herself. Pelosi, as we know, is all about power right she's you know you had the whole russian collusion nonsense that she's talked about how you know trump needs to step down and then pence needs to step down if he has coronavirus so she can take power i mean the left is so much about power you cannot give power to people who desperately want it this much because you know they will inevitably be corrupt and we can't have the green new deal we can't have that kind of stuff so we can't have the far left takeover because that'll bankrupt the country we can we can't put in marxist policies and I know that you are a Marxist so and you can correct me if that's wrong but Marxism is about power and it's about destruction right you got to destroy what exists so that you can build up so that you can build up uh, a Marxist excuse me. Hey, buddy. All right I got I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to shut him up. I, I didn't bring any toys that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it's about destroying the country and building up a Marxist Empire uh, in the ashes of the old. Uh, you know in the, in the ashes of the destroyed nation that you know what is left after they raise everything this is not this is not a strategy i think americans actually want i don't think it's good for anybody uh marxism destroys incentives it destroys opportunities for success for growth uh but trump had proved in the first you know three and a half four years that he is the best possible president for 2020 now after coronavirus, obviously, there was a big dip, but he will bring the economy back. That's what he does really, really well. He will make it a V-shaped economy. Uh, I think that what will help is after the left-wing governors, left-wing mayors of this country open everything up after the election. because I, And I think that's really what's holding them back. I think that they have a problem with opening everything up because they know that will rejuvenate the economy and that'll help Trump get elected. And so they're resisting that. But I think as soon as the election's over, whether it's Trump or Biden, everything's going to open up. Things are going to get a lot better pretty dang quickly. Um, But I think Trump is the best person to manage that recovery. Definitely not Joe Biden. All right. That's my pitch. Primarily that Trump is not an extreme right wing candidate, that
1: he is a moderate and he brings people together. Thanks so much. We'll kick it over to Ben for his opening statement. The floor is all yours. Thanks, Ben.
2: All right. Thank you, James. Uh, so I would say uh, that there are, uh, you'll be shocked to hear several things that we just heard that I don't think are right. Uh, but uh, but uh, I do want to focus on uh, on what you said before Chris's opening statement, uh, which is that, of course, as should su- surprise exactly no one. Uh, I'm not a huge supporter of Joe Biden, to put it mildly. I tried very, very, very hard. Uh, to get somebody else nominated instead. Uh, and uh, I'm actually, I don't know why we're talking about Marxism when we're talking about a spineless gray blur of a corporate centrist like Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Whatever you think about that. Um, Marxism, and you know, there are a lot of interesting claims that were just made about that, but Marxism is not on the ballot. Trump and Biden are on the ballot. Uh, and if you care about uh, the well-being of the American working class, uh, then I think this is this is a no-brainer. Uh, you know, Biden uh, is is not certainly anybody I would see as a friend ideologically. I think he stands in the way of all kinds of things that we desperately need, uh, especially during the COVID crisis, like national health insurance. Uh, but I think that Trump has been an absolute disaster in those terms. So. In 2016, he lied. He said he was a different kind of Republican. He said he wouldn't cut entitlements. He said he was pro-worker. He went to places like Youngstown and Lordstown, Ohio, where post-industrial dislocation has caused dystopian levels of misery. And he promised that he would bring the jobs back. In fact, he told people uh, not to sell their homes because when he was elected, the jobs were coming back. That hasn't happened. There have been modest increases in some industrial jobs because the slow recovery that was happening throughout the Obama administration accelerated under Trump. We can talk a little bit more about why that is, but there's certainly been no boom of new industrial jobs. The mass layoffs at GM's Lordstown plant in Ohio, where Trump went and told people not to sell their houses in 2016 weren't reversed. In fact, the opposite happened. It shut down production entirely in 2019. The steel mills certainly didn't come back to Youngstown, a city I've visited many, many times. Since my mom grew up there and my grandparents lived there until they died and some of my relatives are still there, I've been to Youngstown well into the Trump era and it's still a hellscape of heroin addiction and shuttered storefronts. Did the coal plants come back to West Virginia now that Trump ended that supposed war on coal? Well, as of February, 2019, more than two years into Trump's presidency and before his catastrophic mishandling of the COVID crisis destroyed the economy, the number of coal jobs in West Virginia was at a historic low thousands less than there were at any time during the Obama administration. And of course, let's remember why people in those places wanted so desperately for those industrial jobs to come back. It's not because steel workers in Youngstown liked working at steel mills and breathing industrial pollutants all day every day that gave so many of them lung cancer. It's not because auto workers in Lordstown liked working in the, the noisy and dangerous conditions of an auto plant. My dad worked at a plant like that for a little while in Lansing, Michigan in the early 70s and he still has a scar from an industrial accident. Uh, that's not inherently more fun or more rewarding work than working at a grocery store or a restaurant. The reason the loss of those jobs that Trump got so much mileage by lying and saying he was gonna bring them back was so traumatic was that they were unionized. It's not a law of nature that so-called unskilled line workers at an auto plant in Lordstown or a steel mill in Youngstown made so much more money and have so many more benefits than their equivalents at Walmart and McDonald's. It's 100% due to the UAW and the United Steelworkers, so let's talk about labor. The Trump administration has been a relentless enemy of labor. His appointees to the National Labor Relations Board have gutted protections for working people, overturning precedent after precedent from the Obama administration and before Always, in every case, literally every case, at the expense of labor and in the interests of bosses, labor law is worse for the working class now that it's been at any point since the Great Depression. He made it harder for unions to get information about joining, uh, about how to join, to workers in non-unionized workplaces. He's made it harder for shop stewards to help uh, workers with grievances in unionized workplaces. He made it harder for new unions to be recognized in the first place, and for old unions to negotiate for better wages and working conditions. He's bragged about the wage increases for low-wage workers in the first few years uh, pre-COVID, but what Trump supporters won't tell you is that most of that increase has nothing to do with anything he's done. It's a result, uh, this is not me, this is the National Employment Law Project saying this, of 26 states raising the minimum wage in the last few years. Where's Trump been on that? He opposed efforts by House Democrats to raise the federal minimum wage after flip-flopping a bunch of times. And of course, with regard to the poorest and most desperate working class people, he's done a lot worse than that. Workers and their families who fled to the United States from Mexico and point south, willing to take terrible jobs in dirty and dangerous conditions because they were fleeing from grinding poverty and cartel violence been rounded up outside the churches, outside their children's schools, at their jobs, in the streets. Uh, and some of this started under the Obama administration. Hey, I'm a Bernie guy. I'm not an Obama or Biden apologist. But the plain fact is that it's gotten far worse under Trump, uh, including uh, absolute horrors and international embarrassments and human rights abuses, uh, like, the, uh, like the Trump child separation policy. And if anybody tries to tell you that the motivation for this brutal and inhuman uh, war against immigrant workers has been a desire to keep up the wage levels of American workers, remember all that stuff I just said about the Trump administration's labor policy, and don't believe it. Now, it is true, what the counter always is, we heard a little bit of this in uh, Chris's opening statement, is, oh, before COVID, the Trump economy was so good. You know, there were more jobs. Well, at that point, there were a couple of possible explanations that you might believe of that. One explanation uh, was that you'd had a recovery uh, that had been going frustratingly slowly, but going for several years already, and that it was picking up steam around that time uh, and that Trump was in the right place at the right time. But that wasn't the only explanation. Uh, You know, it might have been plausible at one point that the reason was that Trump was just so awesome uh, at doing things that would result uh, in the creation of jobs that, you know, that he he was just such a good expert custodian of the economy. Well, at this point, we know that's not true because his uh, handling of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, uh, which has been, I think, criminally negligent is the most generous thing that you can call it. Um, Mass murder by neglect uh, would uh, would be a little bit more accurate. It's one of the absolute worst performances with regard uh, to the virus in on the entire planet, uh, literally in terms of new cases and deaths per thousand. Uh, one of the very worst, like as part of a, you know, there are there are countries that are worse, but it's a very short list, and they tend to be governed by Trump-type uh, right-wing demagogues with uh, with authoritarian tendencies. Uh, people like Jair Bolsonaro uh, in Brazil and um, Viktor Orbán in Hungary, um, you know, etc. Right. So, of course, this makes it impossible to turn around the economic devastation that's caused by COVID. You can blame it all you want on the initial lockdowns, but all you have to do is. Lift up your eyes a little bit and notice the comparative economic statistics uh, with the rest of the world. More people live in the Eurozone uh, than live in the United States, but uh, in uh, the last few months, uh, only a few million uh, in uh, in the EU applied for uh, unemployment benefits, and tens of millions did in the United States, uh, because countries where you had real serious, uniform lockdowns uh, that allowed the spread to be somewhat contained so you could implement the only serious solution that would actually let people resume normal life, which would be a national test and trace system, Uh, those places were able to reverse much of the economic damage caused by the virus in ways that the United States simply wasn't. Uh, that, as, as a matter of fact, uh, what we've uh, you know what we've seen in the United States has been a catastrophic handling of COVID, leading to catastrophic economic consequences that cannot be purely blamed on the lockdowns, as shown by comparing states that barely locked down, like Georgia, where I just came from, uh, that uh, had uh, that reopened so soon that that even Trump was critical of them for for it at one point. Uh, to how other states that maintain lockdown measures for far longer do- uh, were doing. Uh, and they did not, in fact, reap great economic benefits from that decision because when people are worried that going out to eat or getting a haircut could kill them, kill grandma, uh, even if you're young and healthy, could lead to permanent lung damage, then you're a lot less likely to do any of those things. Uh, I know I'm almost out of time, but I did just want to briefly address a couple of things that Chris brought up in his uh, in his opening statement uh, on the question of uh, foreign policy. For example, he said he created peace in the Middle East and de-escalated tensions with North Korea. Uh, this the second one is particularly funny to me, I have to say, uh, as somebody who uh, who lived in uh, South Korea for years, saw those tensions playing out for a long time, uh, because. <laughs> Donald Trump ratcheted up tensions with North Korea to the worst point they'd been at any point before the Korean War, and then his whims shifted, uh, and he made peace overtures. Similarly, on the Middle East, uh, Trump's uh, assassination of, uh, of Soleimani uh, in, uh, in Iran uh, brought us closer than uh, than we've probably ever been to the brink of war with Iran. We have a peace, there's a, uh, there's a peace deal between Israel and the UAE, uh, which was not particularly a country that was in any danger whatsoever of going to war with Israel. But he's made the possibility of lasting and just peace between Israel and the Palestinians vastly less likely by doing ridiculous, provocative things like certifying, the Israeli annexation of East Jerusalem uh, by uh, by moving the uh, by moving the U.S. embassy uh, to uh, to Jerusalem. Final point, last few seconds I've got. I just want to say this, that I think that we all know that Trump is in fact quite divisive. In fact, a lot of Trump's more honest supporters will say that what they love about him is that he triggers the libs. He's so good at lib triggering. They like to see him mad. And so I'd say if you are considering voting for Trump, seriously think about this. How much do you enjoy living, bathing in never ending culture war? Does anybody like that? Is triggering the libs really a goal worth pursuing? I don't think so. But on vastly more important questions like the wages, the living standard of ordinary Americans, Donald Trump has been a disaster and for that alone, Even if he hadn't been president for the COVID crisis that he mishandled so disastrously that 213,000 of your fellow Americans are dead, he would have to go.
1: Come on, come on. (laughs) We'll jump into the open conversation portion. And so with that, thanks so much, gentlemen. want to remind you, folks, they're both linked in the description box right now if you'd like to hear more. And with that, we'll jump right into it. So thanks so much, guys. The floor is all yours.
0: Uh, Which one of us do you want to speak? I assume me, because.
2: Yeah, it would be your turn. Yeah, okay. Uh, Well, okay.
0: This argument, I I don't really want to go into COVID because this whole idea that Trump killed grandma, you know, I mean, everybody knows that's totally disingenuous. Trump didn't make the virus, Trump didn't spread the virus, Trump didn't do anything to encourage the virus. He did a lot to try to curtail the growth of the virus. No one was ever going to be able to stop. The virus from infecting people in the United States—that was never going to be possible. But we'll, I'll get into that in a second. First, I want to go through you you, you said a lot of things. <laughs> you said a lot of words there, and it's—I just don't have time to go through them all. But I will go through as many as I can. Okay.
2: You did a lot of cherry picking. I, I do, I do want—I do want to respond to yeah. the thing about about Trump and COVID, but we'll save yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I I'll—I'll I'll go back to that. I'll come back to that. Uh, look. You were engaging at the beginning of this talking about certain towns that didn't get manufacturing jobs back. uh, Certain certain data, certain industries, stuff like that. That's what we call cherry picking. Right. You're well aware of that. You talk about, you know, you teach debate. Right. You know about this trick. Right. You, you, You pick certain data points and you say, well, this wasn't perfect and that wasn't perfect. But the truth is that Trump did create jobs and that Trump did increase household income and Trump did bring back a lot of manufacturing. If he didn't bring back every single manufacturing job in every single town for every single person, that doesn't mean that he didn't do a great job way better than Obama did.
2: Well, that's what we call a straw man. The objection is not that- It's not a straw man. It is, it's not the objection that I'm laying out is not that he didn't bring back every single manufacturing job. It's that he, uh, it's that, Uh, There has been, in general, no great boom of manufacturing jobs. In fact, a lot of the specific jobs that he specifically promised to bring back, exactly the opposite has happened. He said he was going to bring back the coal mines to West Virginia. Coal jobs in West Virginia are at an all time historic low and were before COVID.
0: Okay, so you're judging then, you're judging somebody's promises uh, generally on specific evidence. So you're saying that, okay, if you brought back if somebody, jobs. If
2: somebody promises to do a specific thing and the opposite of that thing happens, that's not a promise that's been kept.
0: Well, it's going to be difficult for me to go through and discuss every single instance of every single manufacturing job. I'm just not aware of them all.
2: Well, I mean, uh, you do not talk about every instance of every manufacturing job. Has there been... A mass influx of millions of manufacturing jobs of the kind that he said that he would. I make. would
0: say there has been a significant influence of manufacturing jobs, far more than I think, I, I believe Biden's or uh, Obama's exact words were these jo- jobs just aren't coming back. And that wasn't true. That, that wasn't true. Tr- Trump created 6.6 million jobs in his first three years. 6.6 million. That is a lot of jobs. Now, I don't know exactly how many of those jobs were specifically in coal or oil or the specific areas. How
2: manufacturing in general? Manufacturing as a sector.
0: I don't have that number, but I know that it was significant. I've looked that up in the past. I didn't have time to look that up. But I will tell you this. a A lot of the arguments you made were anecdotal. My mom, my dad, you know, different specific people. That is the worst kind of argument. I understand that you're using that to illustrate your point, but it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't show anything. It just says there are certain people who are doing, uh, who are having a hard time, right?
2: Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's illustrated a point. The point is proven with the statistical information. But it's totally irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Well, I don't think so. I think that, I think that it's, I think that, Making a point more vivid by okay, answer me this. Did examples. anybody ever
0: have on, a hard sec. time? One during... second,
1: one second, Mr. Reagan, pardon my interruption, just to let Ben finish, and then I promise we'll come right back to you. Okay, okay. Chris Wallace,
2: <laughs> <laughs> zing. <All right. laughs> hey, the, the corresponding character in, in, in that night's events is, is the comparison. <laughs> the I
0: it. am Trump in this <laughs> scenario, I will admit that. Yeah, okay.
2: okay. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that was widely seen as a good look. But um, no, no, no. but uh, but in any case I was gonna say I think that that if the vivid illustrations are used in place of data, sure, that's bad. If they are accompanied by data, like Trump saying, Hey You didn't accompany now, you by data, it, you, I, you I did. by cherry picking. I it was not cherry picking. Trump <laughs> okay. said this was something he said more than once, right? oh, by ending Obama, the Obama administration's war on coal, we're going to bring those coal mines back to uh, to West Virginia. In fact, mm-hmm. when he really did cherry pick and looked at a couple of specific mines that had come back, he said wow. uh, in November 2018, you know, uh, the run-up to that election, that he, he took credit for bringing back to West Virginia, even though by then the overall numbers of coal jobs there were at a historic low, thousands of jobs less than existed at any time in the Obama. Industry. So
0: you're arguing we're we're having a debate here in which you're arguing that you wish Trump had brought back more coal jobs.
2: uh no, I'm arguing. I'm <laughs> arguing. I'm arguing that that uh, that Trump lied. Do I think, as I said, no, 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 breaking a no, promise no, 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 is no, not no, the same
0: as a lie. Breaking the promise is not the same as a lie. I think
2: you're aware of that. I think that if you don't you think do he pay, had no intention, He had no intention of bringing back Cole. Yeah, I think he had no, I think he, he did not have the slightest intention. Well, that's a hell
0: of an assumption.
2: Okay. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a fair one. I think what evidence
0: does. do you have to support that? The, I, I uh, know that the leftists think that they're mind readers, but one I'm second. curious you? how you did read his mind. Let's
1: hear to the, know that the he answer. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, I think that, I don't think you have to be a mind reader. I think you just have to look at, uh, at what he did. Is, uh, did he actually do anything or even try yes. to do anything? Yes, it's no called
0: deregulation.
2: Thing? Yeah, well, I think if, so I think that if he sincerely believes that deregulation would bring back all those coal jobs, then mm-hmm. he gets credit for honesty, but not a lot of credit for examining the evidence. As far as the other question you're bringing up, Do I want there to be a bunch of new coal jobs? No, but what I said in the opening statement was that it's not some law of nature that the jobs at the coal mine or the steel mill or the auto plant or the good jobs and other kinds of jobs aren't good jobs. Mm. What actually made those jobs good jobs were these powerful industrial unions that have brought up wages. What I would like uh, is to have a green new deal and create millions and millions of new unionized public sector jobs converting us to a green energy infrastructure.
0: Okay, l- l- about unions, I, I don't want to get too much into unions, but I will say this. A lot of the reason why many jobs in America went away in the first place, many uh, manufacturing jobs, were because of unions, right? I-, I will I will grant you that unions have helped historically to bring people's wages up, but you've got a lot of regulation, right? You've got a lot of regulation to protect uh, employees from dangerous work conditions uh, to... Uh, have a minimum wage, this sort of thing. Uh, when the minimum wage was first instated, I think that the equivalent today would be like something like five bucks. I mean, it was unbelievably low and it has slowly increased over time to a, a rate that is not sustainable for certain kinds of jobs, right? For certain so, kinds so, of jobs. So,
2: so if you're going to believe this, mm-hmm. that the reason that those jobs went away was because of unions. Some, then, Some of the jobs, then, not then every job. Okay, well, you're going to have a very hard time, right? So, like, okay. at the at the risk, you know, at, at the risk of being accused of cherry picking, let's try to make this a little bit more concrete by thinking uh-huh. about some specific examples, right? So, is the reason uh, that, um, that all of those jobs left uh, Flint, Flint, Michigan, for example, is mm-hmm. that because of the UAW? If so, you have to explain why it is that the UAW was in place throughout... Much of the 1930s, all of the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, and then its existence made the jobs go away in the 1980s. That That's very a, easy. That's it, impossible. It's, it's, it's much easier to explain that it's an escalation of power by by, by saying that what what, what changed wasn't whether it was a union shop or not. What had changed uh, was the international trade regulations uh, that really greased the skids. Uh, for, uh, for taking them away, which by the way, uh, to get to another place where Trump has, you know, to put it generously, because sure, who knows, we can't read his mind. Mm -hmm. Maybe at one point he did have an intention that he later gave up on, right? But one place where Trump's rhetoric conspicuously failed to match the reality uh, was, uh, was what's happened uh, with trade. There's been a certain, a certain amount of renegotiation and, uh, and bilateral trade agreements. But as far as the basic thing about those uh, those agreements that made them very much in the interests of corporations, very much not in the interests of workers, there has been very, very little uh, movement there. And I think that when he said in you know, in two thousand and sixteen, oh, you know, this was all part of the same pitch, right? You know because uh, because he would criticize the trade deals, and he'd say he was going to bring the jobs back. Uh, they and the trade deal thing has uh, has happened to some extent but i mean what are you talking about ben most of what's wrong with nafta is wrong with the bilateral uh, agreement you know between uh, between the united states and mexico uh there's uh, like anybody who ever had a problem with that for all the good reasons that you'd have to be a problem with it would be let's put it this politely underwhelmed by the replacement okay okay one, okay, one fine. second so
1: pardon my interruption we there's a, a small volume discrepancy i just want to be sure oh, that sorry. i think what if we could maybe uh I didn't notice it. I actually checked beforehand, but it, maybe it, sometimes mics do weird things. If, if we're able Check. to Ben, if you're able to turn yours up just a bit and Mr. Reagan, if you're able to turn yours down just a bit, uh, it uh, might bring us to where we're kind of back in, in balance with each other. And then also, right, uh, how's
0: that? Bring it, bring
1: it. I think that's closer. And what we could also do is maybe just a really quick rejoinder from Mr. Reagan. And then I, I definitely yell. want to cover uh foreign policy as we haven't gotten to talk about it that much yet. So, it yeah. came up during well, the opening we're talking about
0: foreign policy now i mean uh, if you're saying that trump doesn't negotiate good deals internationally i mean you, you can easily easily just point to china i mean he's been criticized like crazy for trying to put tariffs on china uh right there has been some pain even amongst some you know industries especially farming in the united states because yeah, a, of a lot the of the jobs have lost a
2: lot of people have paid more but yeah
0: true true and he's but the reason that he's doing that is precisely what you're talking about. It's so disingenuous what you're saying because you rec- you, you're, you recognize the criticism against Trump for forcing certain kinds of farmers to suffer under certain under these negotiations with China, right? Although he did he did counterbalance that with some uh, supplementary you know help for these farmers. But to, to sit here and say that he's not tough negotiating internationally, But then to sustain that criticism against him, is so ridiculous it's just absurd but let's let's move back to COVID that's actually not, because not the, you wanted
2: that's, to that's that's not the criticism the criticism right. isn't about lack of toughness the criticism okay, okay. Is about whether you're... no it's not right okay the problem with the problem with nafta the problem with the wto was never any lack of trouble of of toughness or the united states being screwed over by other countries or anything like this the fact is the problem is that these uh these deals were negotiated on behalf of the interests of corporations in ways that were uh-huh. very bad Bad for the interests of workers uh, both in the United States and in other countries. How? How are they and, worse? And uh they uh when we look at the uh at the bad effect, you know, I don't think tariffs are always bad. I think that yeah, I think that you can, you know, I think that you can do it in uh in a careful way, in a way that makes sense, uh, and it could sometimes be justified. But if we're gonna be intellectually honest here, the evidence seems pretty clear that the Trump tariffs have not just hurt a few farmers, they have led to uh, quite a bit of uh, of job losses due to the inevitable retaliatory tariffs. Sure, uh, but you and- know
0: you you know that the negotiations were stalled because of coronavirus. But but the reality is that in the long term, having some tariffs to use as a negotiating tool is, look, is, free trade is amazing if both sides are playing fair, right? We know that tr- China was never playing fair, right? So therefore, putting on tariffs as a negotiating tool as a negotiating tool was something that. Uh, Obama Biden, they never did anything like that. I mean, you tell me, okay, coronavirus, you say that Trump failed on coronavirus, which is totally nonsense. Well, I mean, obviously. I think if you compare
2: the numbers in the United States to the international numbers and look at the ranking, right, I think that we're something like in the top 10 countries in the world, not in terms of number of cases and number of deaths per thousand, which is why when you, when you said earlier that, sure, Trump didn't create the virus, ironically, by the way. Uh, Trump-style deregulation in China of the wet markets did create the virus by lifting the ban on selling wild meat. But whatever, uh, the uh, Trump. Oh, so didn- Trump, Trump does
0: not control the regulations China. No, no, no. In China.
2: He, he, he doesn't. That's why I said style. But Trump, uh, but sure, Trump, uh, yes, De- Okay, that sorry. Such a weak sorry, argument. Sorry, sorry, is deregulation you know good in the United States but bad in China? That'd be very weird. Or, or the laws. So you're saying no that difference? all deregulations is the same across the board. No, I'm saying that it is a little ironic in this context that the reason this happened in the first place was because of deregulation. But let's talk about Trump's response because you say, sure, Trump didn't create the virus. Uh, but and nobody's That's nobody Trump's is saying he, he did. The question is, how, has he handled the virus in ways that led to vastly more deaths? Than we would have gotten. Yeah, and the answer answer is we actually do have an idea. No, you don't. Because, of course, we do. There's a very easy way that we can tell, Tell which is that we look at the number of deaths per thousand in the United States compared to other countries around the world, and we could see that the Trump administration has mishandled it worse than. Okay, so every single death is a a fault of a federal law or a federal. Position. The question, the question is at every single death. The question is, what's the overall rate of deaths? Where because are of most course, of the deaths? Any where any given, are most given, of the deaths any, in America any, taking place? Any given death. The highest concentration could, of deaths, where was could, any, it? Any given death. Come on, Ben. Let's happen. be honest. Hold you said on, intellectually honest. Any given honest. death could happen mm-hmm. under, uh, you know, like due to a thousand individual factors. But when we uh-huh. look at the rate of deaths, mm-hmm. then you have to link that with the total absence of any kind of meaningful federal response, the total lack of any kind of attempt uh, to encourage lockdowns that uh, that could have uh, that not could have, true, I, not I, true. I that was federal I, I, guidance, I, I, which I disagree I saw, with. That was federal saw, guidance. Lockdown was federal guidance. There, what are you uh, talking there, about? Well, I think that uh, I think that if you're looking at whether Trump was encouraging. Or discouraging those. I don't think that you can just look at oh that was kind of He wasn't encouraging. A, them oh, Do you think what I'm saying might be might be relevant to this point that you're making? Uh that the uh that yes, after sustained criticism, after sitting on their hands as the virus spread and more and more people died, uh, after doing everything possible to minimize it, in fact, admitting to Bob Woodward that he they closed travel to much, China the, the, when the, everybody he, else said he, that that
0: was the, racist. He, yes, yes,
2: that is the one read that Trump supporters can cling to because they know one that read. he read? You just said he, he didn't was, do anything, but he did something he was, significant. He was Actually first of all, it's not significant. That's not where it was coming to the US from for the most part. It was coming from Europe at that yeah, he point. He closed oh, it from or Europe or, as well. They have a As soon as uh, they figured out so, it was coming from so, Europe, they closed Europe. So I don't pff, What are you talking okay. about? Am I am I going to be able to say this or no? Well, not if it's, you just lie the whole time. It's well, difficult. okay. But first I, of all, you well, like First of all, have, uh, I caught ca- ca- you in about fifty lies in your opening statement. You'll notice didn't. I didn't correct any didn't of them. Not. Oh, I absolutely did. But they have a. Uh, but if That's we're going, if we're going to talk about this, right? Is issuing guidance eventually after uh, a criminally negligent initial response eventually? grudgingly after minimizing it, after admitting to Bob Woodward that he knew how much worse it was than what he was saying. Uh, You can compare what he says in that tape to what he said in public speeches. Uh, Eventually putting out some guidance and then very, very quickly without using that as an opportunity to implement something like test and trace, Uh, Very, very quickly reversing course and talking about and tweeting things like Liberate Michigan, uh, encouraging people who are doing things like an armed occupation of the Michigan State Capitol. Yeah, I think that that is a criminally negligent response. The fact that they eventually got around to issuing some federal guidance before very quickly reversing course is a pretty slim defense of an indefensible record.
1: Mr. Reagan, I can give you a short chance to respond, and then I definitely try, I would like to try, if we don't cover foreign policy, maybe race and violence in the cities. Oh, yeah.
0: I'll get to that right now, okay? That's that's a perfect segue, actually. I I was going to cover some other stuff that he mentioned, but this is fine. We can get into this. Uh, So you're saying that because some people protested wearing masks and being in lockdown and that sort of thing in Michigan that trump caused all the deaths you're completely neglecting that's
2: not at all what i said it's a obvious caricature but go on
0: okay an obvious caricature fine you're but you're completely neglecting the fact that if you take out new york if you take out new york city from all of the deaths in the united states all of the you know all of the the the, uh, the data all changes right all the graphs yeah, if suddenly you take change take out new
2: york city almost nobody died on 911 i mean that's that's what exactly
0: really exactly right but nobody blames any American leader for negligence for 9-11. Everybody's blaming Trump for coronavirus. But if you're going to blame a leader for coronavirus, you're neglecting Cuomo. You're neglecting. You're you're just you're neglecting. You're you're saying that putting old people into nursing homes who had coronavirus, right, which every conservative said, what the hell are you doing? That's a disaster right and cuomo was like no 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 it's fine this is this is our policy this is what we're gonna do everybody's like are you meant even at the time people were criticizing it at the time and you're saying somehow though but all the deaths in new york though that was all federal that was all trump's fault even though his guidance was lockdowns biden wasn't saying no 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 democrat was saying we need to lock everything down we need to lock everything down for like weeks or months or even days before trump issued guidance to suggest that people should Right? This wasn't like he begrudgingly did it. He did that very early on.
2: And early bro, on, we didn't know everything that we know today. A miracle.
0: It, we didn't know everything that we know today. So to look in hindsight and say, oh, Trump didn't lock down every single business in January is ridiculous. Nobody was calling for that. Uh, what, what's your name? Uh, Freaking Pelosi walked around Chinatown without a mask, going, going. Look, everything's fine here. Come to Chinatown. Join us. So this.
2: So, so, so I can see why you're changing the subject because I'm not changing course, the subject. When you're, trying to, when you're trying to defend something indefensible, then shifting to no, 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 no. what I'm De Blasio was doing, no, 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 what Cuomo no, 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 no. was doing, yeah. and what Pelosi was doing. Those all make sense because you know you can't defend what Trump was doing when he was saying, what Oh, did Trump do be that was so be bad. Cool. We'll be, will be so We'll be good by Easter. Uh, you know, we can now uh, we can go back to church then safely. Uh, it's going to go away like a miracle. When he was on tape telling Bob Woodward that he was lying to the American people, no, he and didn't say he was lying out.
0: to the American people. Look, he, he, he was
2: he, saying, I always say it's not that bad, but it is actually that bad. You can compare what he was saying when he was comparing it to deaths from the flu with what he was saying to Woodward about just how much worse he knew. That it was and you keep doing this thing where, that's not true was, he knew that it was he knew that it was a
0: dangerous virus right but nobody knew how long it was going to last he didn't sit there and specifically say all the stuff trump's not a doctor he's not a scientist right he's not an epidemiologist he didn't go in there to woodward and give him a sort of fucking powerpoint lecture and be like, look, this is how the virus reacts. This is what happens. He just repeats what he hears from the doctors. so
2: so So you think there was no gap at all between what Trump was saying in public and what he was saying to Woodward at the same time, even though part of what he said to Woodward was precisely that in his public statements, he was minimizing it.
0: No, because you can characterize, if you don't know everything about something, right? You can be optimistic about it or you can be pessimistic about it if if the doctors are telling you, we think it might be this, 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 or we might think it be it might be this, this, and this, right? And they, they can give you an estimate. It might be this bad, which would be the worst possible scenario, or it might be this bad, which would be the best possible scenario, right? And you can characterize it in a way that you think is appropriate for how you want the American people to react. You don't remember, people were were, were buying up all the toilet paper. People were reacting in a way that was completely irrational to this virus, right? Buying toilet paper, how did that save anybody's life? That didn't make any sense, right? So Trump was taking the most optimistic approach in his address to the American people whilst behind the scenes, you know, there's this there's this expression, this old expression, right? Uh, Hope for the best, prepare for the worst, right? So Trump was trying to encourage people to have hope, right? And to encourage them to go about their daily lives in the most optimistic positive way possible because keeping up spirits is always good ask any doctor ask even an epidemiologist keeping up spirits is incredibly important but at the same time behind the scenes he was doing everything that he possibly could to try to mitigate the spread of the virus i think that is the most responsible most presidential approach possible and everything i that would ask you could. i would ask you what everything, what what do you think Biden? That, uh,
1: what he would like to do is i i hate to jump in but just because we've talked a lot about the coronavirus, and we've talked sure. some about the economy. It really would be a great opportunity to jump into one of these other topics, whether it be the uh, kind of race relations that Trump. All right, let
0: me let me shift it to the race thing. Okay, so you you said that you, you thought that the protests in Michigan were a problem that Trump didn't like condemn these protests. It, it wasn't that he didn't condemn it. it; it's, it's that it.
2: he tweeted out all caps, "Liberate Michigan." Yeah, it's that which I agree. The other the the other night. Uh, he was uh, he was re- he was talking about how you know Governor Whitmer wasn't grateful enough uh, to him, and he was minimizing True. the terrorist plot that was just revealed uh, by members of the most hardcore portion of his uh, base uh, to uh, kidnap the uh, the city governor. So yeah, I think it's a little bit more than that. He that's uh, a, that's an
0: absurd. You're 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 accusing me of a caricature to somehow tie Trump to a plot to kidnap Whitmer is I'm ridiculous. I'm not tying him
2: to it. I'm saying that they you have are, a, though. Okay. Well, I'm. look, clearly you can read my mind. So, I mean, we don't even need to hear- No, I'm, I'm just Just, I'm tell just, me I'm what just
0: interpreting your word that you're saying out loud. huh. Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. Yeah, but, all look, right, well, but look, okay, but it's look. It's so, it's so you it's got our, this
0: protest. So? You got this protest against the mask, against the lockdowns, which were pretty authoritarian in Michigan. You got to admit. No, but once we have, once, that once, that we, all, have, once we have, once we have, once we have Black Lives Matter come out and they start burning down buildings, they start having these riots everywhere. Antifa, every leftist, Biden, Kamala Harris, everybody forgives that and calls them peaceful protests. And even if you're not having a riot, you are having a peaceful protest. Those gatherings are necessarily going to bring people out who are sick, necessarily going to infect people. But those are all perfectly fine. But anytime, anybody from the White House, who, by by the way, gets tested before every kind of meeting that they ever have at the White House, everybody at the White House, anybody who doesn't wear a mask is suddenly like trying to kill grandma. But the protests are perfectly fine. We are so obsessed with this insane racial nonsense in America.
2: So you you notice what you just said, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody who doesn't wear a mask is trying vilified. to kill grandma yep. or is appropriately condemned for recklessly spreading a virus. Whereas when uh, even when we're talking about right, why about about shoulder to shoulder indoor gatherings like the mm-hmm. vigilante uh, like the armed occupation of the Michigan state Capitol by domestic terrorists, that right, that you think everybody you know, there was a is, domestic terrorist. That is yes, I think if you show up to a state Capitol building waving around, waving around a gun, then that does seem to indicate an attempt to terrorize people to bring about political goals. But we're talking about nobody people, was waving people, any guns. People who are not. I didn't say waving of a gun. Who are who are not wearing masks. Uh, who are shoulder to shoulder indoors and then you're talking about people who are wearing masks who are outdoors and you're saying that the only possible reason why anybody might evaluate these two things differently uh, is because Political. they support one cause and so they don't support the other. Absolutely right. but if you actually pay any attention to what the scientific experts are saying, there is a vast difference between being indoors with no masks and outdoors with a mask. So, You're talking about one
0: protest, which was basically mostly outdoor. By the way, mostly that was outdoor.
2: Most protests are are outdoors. Hundreds of people jammed inside the Capitol building. How many protests? How many Black Lives Matter protesters not wearing masks who were screaming directly into the faces uh, of Capitol cops at the Michigan State Capitol? This is
0: again anecdotal, right? You're sitting here and you're talking about specific things that are happening with a few people, right?
2: I'm talking about statistics. Right? I'm talking about thousands actually, of protests. You, you haven't mentioned any statistics. Uh, what, you know, what you said is that you somehow see a discrepancy between people criticizing maskless right. okay, indoor okay, okay. gatherings well, okay, and let's talk criticizing about criticizing mask wearing outdoor gatherings in the same light. All right. I, I want to get off Corona
0: anyway. You're, you're being absurd. You're talking about one specific protest and then you're comparing that to Thousands of protests with okay, many so different kinds of characteristics of the, do, across do, do the country. Do, think
2: any of the, do you think any of the anti-lockdown protests that most people were wearing masks?
0: Do I think any of them what? Oh, that any of them were wearing masks? Yeah, I think uh, a lot no, of them were that, wearing that, masks. No,
2: do I, that's not what I said. Do you think that at any of the anti-lockdown protests, most protesters were wearing masks?
0: Oh, I don't know. I wasn't there at those protests. Okay, were well... Were you? Was I, Okay, were you there at the Black Lives Matter protests? I, I have... I have been with protesters in Portland, yeah.
2: Okay, so you've been to a couple of protests. They have a, uh, like, the point is, I don't think this is controversial. I, like, look, if you want to claim that most people at anti-lockdown protests were wearing masks- I, I don't care about the, the masks, masks don't work this. anyway. Like, masks are so stupid. Well, they, well, okay, every medical expert disagrees with you. That's not true. That's not but true. The, uh, that, that masks don't work at all? That they don't reduce the uh, the rate of infection? Only from sick people. Yeah, that is how infection works. That sick people. Yeah, so stay home if you're sick. That works a lot better. Okay, don't go out. Except that many people don't know that they're sick. No, no, no. Asymptomatic spread.
0: Asymptomatic spread is not a thing.
2: Okay, that that, was that was a that was that 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 was was the approximate epidemiological equivalent of flat eartherism. Of course, asymptomatic spread is a thing for everyone. It's very minimal, very minimal, incredibly
0: rare. Look it up. It's incredibly rare.
2: I have looked it up. You are just wrong about this. Asy- I am absolutely not wrong. Everybody you who is watching 100% this should look that up. This, yes. Asymptomatic Please spread is incredibly rare. Please look that up. Please. Please look that up. Ask a doctor. They will be horrified that you asked them. Of course, asymptomatic spread is a significant thing. And yes,
1: of course. Every study, every, every single study was- they've done on it shows it's incredibly rare. This is of a course. great opportunity. Yeah. Sorry. To. I hate to do this, guys, but just yep. because there are a number of topics we foreign policy. I, I know that, Chris, you had mentioned in your opening that uh-huh. allegedly Trump has brought peace to the Middle East in yep. some degree or another. So that I mm-hmm. thought would maybe be a good uh, thing to talk about. I'd rather go to the race issue.
0: I think we've covered the foreign uh the, the, the foreign policy a bit i mean i'm open to it we, i feel we like i don't i don't feel like I, I feel like ben is gonna say well no matter what good thing foreign policy trump's done it's it's not good enough he hasn't done enough
2: no that's actually not at all what i've done okay. although, you've cons- all right. although you've consistently claimed that i've done what i've claimed for okay. example <laughs> that trump's mishandling of covid led to a much higher rate than there would be without trump you have caricatured that as my saying that every covid death is due to trump when i've said that specific that Industries and states that he said they've gone back have actually gone in the other direction. You've characterized me as saying that I'm saying that Trump didn't bring back every single job. This this is a straw man. I'm not saying that Trump is bad because he hasn't achieved 100% perfection. I'm okay. saying that Trump is bad because he's made things far worse.
0: Well, okay, Ben, let, let me just say, uh, I will never try to straw man you. I will always try to steel man your arguments. If I make a mistake in my interpretation, it's not intentional, first of all. Secondly, you do make more like uh, specific kinds of statements, but then you use evidence to support those statements, which support other kinds of
2: arguments. The the only statistics that have been mentioned at any point in the last hour have come from me.
0: Really? I didn't say that he created 6.6 million jobs in his first three years?
2: Okay, you said that, but uh, but the question was about industrial jobs. So yeah, that okay, is Okay, well, a he, okay, I have the statistic here
0: now. I just found it. 440,000 uh-huh. uh, uh 440, manufacturing jobs.
2: That is a drop in the bucket of jobs. But it is but when it's a lot more significant going,
0: than zero that he's going Okay, 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 let's forget forget the jobs. We, we we want to move on. So let's talk about this. We we already covered that big time. Let's talk about this or i want to ask you a couple of questions
2: the basic question i want
0: to ask by, by, you, by the way
2: according to the cdc the current best estimate of the percentage of infections that are asymptomatic is 40 percent
0: <laughs> well the who would disagree with that right. and every other and every study ever that i've ever read about it would disagree okay, well with that. they
2: all right so the setters absolute, doesn't nonsense. What they're That's absolute nonsense what they talking about It's absolute nonsense what the CDC says is absolute
0: nonsense Well is that what the WHO says absolute nonsense what every scientific what study What does the WHO
2: say exactly Right so cuz well, I said the words
0: I, they said the words very rare I believe was were the words All right, look, I'm going to admit something to you. I'm going to admit something to you. I'm going to admit this. Trump is not perfect. He's not a perfect president. He's not a perfect man. There's probably a million things he could have done better, right? But the big question is, could anyone have done any better than him who is currently alive? And I'm not sure if that's actually true. No, 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 definitely not. But I would like you to tell me, right, what some you of the, think.
2: Some, some, some of the models suggest... That uh-huh. eighty to ninety percent of the deaths could have been prevented by, by by shutting down. Models. A week Models. Earlier.
1: Do you really Models. think? One thing. That any other
2: president wouldn't down. have shut down a week earlier.
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. And and and, and also, it wasn't Trump's decision to shut down. Right? Trump gave. Trump had to give federal guidance, and then governors and mayors had to shut down. Right. If you're going to put this on any leader, you have to put it on the governors and the mayors because they actually had the control of their regions. It was not Donald Trump. So if you think that we've done a terrible job with coronavirus, you've got to blame Cuomo. You've got to blame Whitmer. You've got to blame all no, these people. No,
2: no, no blame goes uh, to, uh, to the person. How could who, it if he it, has it, no actual authority to shut anything of down? It, well, first If you of think all,
0: shutdowns would have helped, which I don't actually think. I think he should have done the, gone with the Swedish model and not shut anything down.
2: Okay, but, well, Sweden is in the very small club of countries uh, that are doing—they're actually doing worse as far as infections and deaths than the United States. Uh, so, I, whereas I'm not sure if, if you look true. at the vast majority of countries in the world, almost all of them have handled it better than the United States. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. The vast, the vast majority of countries in the world haven't had severe infections. If you're just talking about the Why countries not? with severe infections. The United States is somewhere in the middle. Sweden is somewhere. Yes. How
2: in the do they, how do you get to the point where the infections are severe in the first place? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, yes, I do actually, because I really. Think- so you think all the first world countries are somehow so
0: inept that they're all infected, and all the third world countries, the you know the countries with tons of poor people all gathered together, huddled together, they somehow are just like magically really good at dealing with coronavirus?
2: Well, actually, some third world countries. Uh, have been good at dealing with it. Others have not. Like, for example, uh, Brazil, run by Trump's buddy uh, Bolsonaro, which, again, yeah. is in that elite club that's handled it even sure. worse than the United but States. But the truth is, you don't actually know than than why ten, countries
0: are severely infected. Well, actually,
2: I think that the approach that's been shown to be most effective, and I feel for James, because I know that he's trying to get us off this, but the approach <laughs> so, that's been shown to be the most effective is serious lockdown use that time to set up a national test and trace program which absolutely Mm -hmm. could and should have been done in the united states
0: completely useless what what about india why is india not doesn't they're like one of the poorest countries in the world everybody's packed together all all over the place there why do they not have a severe problem because what did they do that was so amazing
2: okay well for actually india had a really hard line national lockdown very early could you get me
0: coffee please thank you sorry Sorry for the interruption. I didn't mean that for that to be vocalized on the show.
2: <laughs> no problem. James, what what do you uh I I I I feel bad. I I know. <laughs> no, guys, uh, okay, bad. that's true. Uh, that's true. We, we can we can shift.
1: We, can shift. <laughs> uh, we we other possible topics and some of these didn't come up in the uh opening. So I'm just throwing them out there. Election integrity, whether or not the uh whether or not there is something to debate there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys are actually not particularly worried there
0: i'm worried but i don't think it's i don't think there's much to debate about it
1: how about let's see
2: i mean i i think i think that i think that there there is something to debate uh in doing uh in the way that republicans all around the country have been going out of their way to make it more difficult to vote because they know that the fewer people who vote the better chance their guy has hence using uh worries totally lacking any evidential basis in reality about widespread voter fraud as an excuse to try to make it as difficult as possible to vote doing things like having only one uh ballot collection site per county in texas Mm -hmm. where individual counties are larger than a lot of states are uh i i think that every time something is in contention in court around the country uh, where the the two sides are disagreeing about some question of election law, it's always a matter of Republicans trying to make sure fewer people vote. It's harder to vote because they know that that's the way that Trump has the best chance of being. First of
0: all, Trump isn't doing that specifically. So you can't blame Trump for that. Uh, Secondly, I do actually think it's better for Republicans if fewer people vote generally, Uh, not, not necessarily because of, you know, voters. I mean, I don't think voter suppression has anything to do with it, but I do think that uh, people who are uninformed about politics should not vote, right? If you're not, if you don't take the time to actually inform yourself about the issues and figure out, You know where you actually stand just voting because you think that it's your patriotic duty or something i think is actually a terrible idea and we should discourage people from voting if they haven't actually educated themselves um i don't think that we should create any kind of barrier to voting and i don't know anyone who does there's this myth that republicans are constantly trying to create voter suppression especially amongst black americans this is just passively false um if you if you talk about like voter id laws and things like that uh, efforts to stop voter fraud which i think are Totally and completely reasonable. And they have them in most other countries, uh, first world countries. Uh, you need license to get on the plane, things like that, uh, state ID. Um, this idea that, oh, black people have a much harder time to get ID than white people. I mean, what the hell are they talking about? what what, what is the, I don't even understand that at all. Like, I mean, most of the people, when I go to the DMV, and granted I live in LA, almost everybody that works there is black. So are black DMV employees stopping black Americans from getting... ID all over the place. I don't understand this. Having an ID at a voting booth does not limit your ability to vote. It's insane.
2: Well, first of all, uh, the whole point, the only reason given the absolute lack of evidence uh, for any sort of widespread voter fraud Mm -hmm. that actually places states that have really tried to look into this and really tried to find every case uh, will maybe get into the single digits uh, of cases. So the reason for the ID requirements isn't to solve this non-existent problem. The reason is that anytime you can have, you know, you can have any kind of hurdle, right? An extra form you have to fill out, an extra box you have to check, an extra anything that you have to do, you know that fewer people will do it uh, as with anything, right? That they have a, uh, that that's exactly the kind of thing that Republicans will bring up when they are advocating like small business deregulation because uh, because anytime okay. you're making people go through extra steps, fill out extra forms, et cetera, and the people who are the least likely to jump through extra hoops, well, first of all, the people who are least likely to have ID in the first place are people who are lower down on the socioeconomic spectrum. Uh, and those are also the people the least likely to have the free time and energy to jump, uh, jump through any hoops uh, that uh, that you uh, that you give them. But I am glad that you brought up the fact that uh, there are so many non-white employees at the uh, at the DMV uh, because while we're talking about efforts uh, to make it harder to vote, even aside from the really obvious stuff, uh, like you know what the Republicans are doing in Texas, and you're right. this is not Donald Trump personally doing these things. Uh, this is his party doing it. Uh, throughout the entire country, but they have a, but it is absolutely true that those good public sector jobs like the DMV or oh say the post office that Donald Trump has also really tried to undermine uh, have been massive drivers of upward mobility, especially for black Americans, which is one of the reasons that it's so insidious that Trump and the Republicans want there to be less funding for those things and want to scale them back and have even openly floated the idea of privatizing the Postal Service.
0: I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> I think it would be fantastic. Uh, uh, you, you're right. You're right. I don't, here, here's the thing. Um, there is no real reason why anyone shouldn't be able to get an ID, and the idea that Republicans are trying to suppress the vote of, of Black Americans is just an absurd lie. Uh, but I would say this. Um, most violent crimes go unsolved in America, right? There are lots of different kinds of crimes that happen. And some crimes have a high rate of uh, closure, uh, you know, uh, rate of being solved by police. And other crimes have a very low rate of being solved by police. A lot of crimes go undetected, right? Now, violent crimes naturally are going to be detected. Why is that? Because there's there's an obvious victim who is going to be outraged or upset by it and is very likely going to report it. We don't know exactly how easy it is to commit voter fraud. We don't we don't have any idea how much voter fraud goes on that goes undetected. The fact that we detect any voter fraud is kind of impressive actually and because it's a very difficult thing to figure out. It's very difficult thing to detect a lot of the time given the methods that they use. If you don't know about the methods of voter fraud, look at a New York Post uh, article entitled I was a I was a I Something like I was a voter fraud or something like that. You got to check that out. Fantastic right. article about, by somebody talked, you know, uh, about somebody who admits that he was a Bernie supporter. Uh, he was a political operative, and he admits that he engaged in voter fraud. He talks about some of the techniques, and these techniques you would not be able to detect them. You would not be able to detect the crime, and therefore they will. A lot of these crimes will go undetected. You know how you could stop those crimes from occurring? Voter ID. Right. So it's not about the evidence. I mean, there is evidence to, to suggest that some voter fraud exists, but it's about common sense. It's about saying, OK, this is a crime that's very difficult to detect. Voter ID would help stop this or curtail this there to, to just argue that against it because you're assuming that there is some kind of racial intention is an absurdity. There's no evidence to suggest that I want voter ID laws put in place because I hate Black people. That's just unbelievably stupid. It's a, it's a ridiculous, disingenuous argument.
2: Okay, well, first of all, note that at this point, you're arguing with things that I haven't said. You're arguing with things that other no, people- No, but these are, else, are the else, positions that are generally taken uh, against uh, us. Have, so have, have said, have said yeah. but well, since you brought it up, right? What is, uh, what is the link there? Well, again, uh, the people least likely to have ID in the first place uh, are- going to be very poor people you know people who are not uh who are not which drivers, are
0: mostly white by the way
2: uh, t- yes are mostly white but as you and i you may recall have discussed extensively in the past uh that uh, they are disproportionately wildly disproportionately black mostly white but wildly disproportionately yeah, but we don't black. count votes based on a, proportion
0: of a population no, we, no, we count we votes don't. in total
2: but if you are doing something that's going to make it less likely uh, mm-hmm. that people in a group that is wildly, disproportionately Black uh, are going are, are going to vote. One of the reasons that would be very much in the interests of the GOP uh, is because they know that this is one of the demographics that most overwhelming... Sure, but
0: you still have to assume the motivation.
2: I'm honestly not super interested. Uh, I think that in the motivation, I think that they would have to be very, uh, very slow to not get that this connection served their interests. Perhaps they don't care about that. Uh, but I would, uh, I would think that they do. The point, I don't. I think that the question is okay. Uh, the question is, uh, is it, um, the question is, how are we going to weigh? This alleged problem of in-person voter fraud—that you know—you have one anecdote in the New York Post. You have decades of attempts to study this and find cases that have turned up almost nothing. Uh, how are you going to weigh this against the fact that we all know that every time you put up a new hoop to doing something, fewer people are going to do it, and the people—the uh, fewer people who are going to do it—are more likely to be the people who are poorest oftentimes uh, have uh you know have the uh, have transportation issues uh people we're talking about people who don't have driver's license in the first place uh people who um, who are likely to be working uh, exhausting menial jobs uh, where they're they're less likely uh, to uh, to spend their free time jumping through the uh, through your hoops uh, so if you know that a predictable consequence of making it harder for people to vote, is that fewer of those people are going to vote. And what you have to weigh this against is the alleged problem Mm -hmm. of in-person voter fraud. Sure, is it possible that there's a plague of in-person voter fraud that just hasn't shown up uh, in any statistical evidence that we have available? I guess, I mean, it's possible that there's an invisible leprechaun on the palm of my hand right now uh, that's undetectable by any means that we figured out to detect right now. The question is, do we have a good reason to think that that's the case?
0: Well, the leprechaun's name is Gerald, and he's been spying on you for weeks. Okay. Oh, just putting that out there. That's but disturbing. okay. Here, what is the likelihood that it's going to uh, significantly reduce the number of voters who desperately want to vote, uh, but just can't because of who the. Who desperately
2: le- want to vote, or, uh, or who would otherwise vote? Because those are would other very vote.
0: different questions. Well, well, I think this is actually critical because I don't want people voting who aren't desperate to vote. I don't want people who are uneducated about politics and political issues to go vote. So I'm perfectly fine if there are certain people who would sort of cavalierly go vote just because you know it's easy for them. I would be perfectly fine. I, I would actually put it to you. Would you be happier if uneducated people, people who are uneducated about politics specifically and the issues that they don't really know anything about the candidates and they don't really know anything about the issues, would you rather have them voting in America or not? Because they definitely help the, the left. They well, definitely help no, Democrats.
2: they, they, they don't. Uh, certainly. Oh, no, they do. They do. Oh, no, no, they don't. Because if you look at uh, if you look at the actual studies that have been uh, have been done on this, for example, I'm looking. I okay, know, so well, then you should I, be fine. I, 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 then I, you know, should be fine know, with, with, with voter suppression. Then
0: you should be trying well, to create no, voter suppression. No,
2: well, notice that you're 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 making a really crucial assumption here, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is that the people who are most likely to be deterred are also going to be uninformed. Yes. Whereas. I think that's not true. I think that mm. the people who are most likely to be uh, to uh, to be deterred what's that going what that's going tra- to uh, try to what's that going to track uh, if is not level of information, uh, it's financial level, and you might say, oh, those two are probably going to be the same anyway. Uh, but uh, that's not what the data that we have seems to indicate. So, for example, we all know that the Republican base tilts higher income uh, than uh, than the Democratic base. Uh, mm. That you know, uh, Trump. Uh, that Trump voters, for for example, despite all the talk of the white working class and everything else, after the election tilted higher income. Let, uh, let me just jump in but, here for a quick second because but, I,
0: I want to make a distinction. I don't necessarily think it'll be poorer voters. I or I I think that it'll be less passionate voters.
2: Okay, but if less passionate voters mm-hmm. who have more free time, who have better access to transportation, et cetera, et cetera, are going to be more likely to vote than less passionate voters who have to work all the time, who don't have as easy access to transportation, who don't have as much free time. So it's not that, oh, we're getting the less passionate voters, we're getting the more passionate voters and not the less passionate voters. It's that higher up the income ladder, we're getting both the more passionate voters and the ones who are just barely passionate enough, but the lower you go down the income chain, the more you need to have a higher level of passion to jump through all these hoops. And it's not at all the case uh, that uh, that poor voters are necessarily going to be less informed. So for example, like I said, we know that- no, I Republican, agree with that. Yeah, the yeah, but the more informed you are, the more likely you are, you are to really want to vote. Tends to tilt higher income uh, but I'm looking, and and don't worry, James. I'm I'm not bringing this up to to redirect the subject. Oh no, to, coronavirus! You're gonna bring work, up coronavirus! <laughs> but I'm looking, for example, at a headline here in the Minneapolis Post about a study showing that I quote: people who rely on conservative media for COVID-19 news are less informed, more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. Sure. similar. They're similarly. What what, of, what, are, what 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 uh, uh, publication is that? What publication is that? The Minneapolis Post. All right. I don't know. So who, they have they, a, I'm uh, sure they're leftists. Uh, well, okay, sure. I mean, that's, that's an easy way to dismiss everything, but they have a, uh, and some, <laughs> I mean, come on, am I wrong? Similarly? Well, yeah, actually you are, you, you are wrong. They might be feckless centrist corporate liberals, but they are, they're certainly not leftists, but in any case, I think that there are also studies showing that people uh, who, uh, who, who watch Fox tend to uh, tend to be less informed tend to do worse on simple multiple choice, factual questions uh, asked by pollsters. That's actually not true. That's actually not true. You can look up,
0: you can look up, uh, this is a Pew study that they stopped doing, I think in 2013 um, or something like that. Maybe it might've been even earlier than that. They used to do this study on uh, how informed voters are on the issues. And I think conservatives, I think beat uh, liberals or leftists on literally every issue i think except one i think it was something like uh ecological issues environmental issues things like that but on almost every other issue republicans always beat every single time they do one of these studies always beat democrats on their knowledge of the issues so you're it's just patently false what you're saying okay what
2: you just said uh is not true so i'm looking for example uh at a um at a digital article, uh, journal article uh, from a few years ago, says new study by Bruce Bartlett, a conservative economist, top official in the George H.W. Bush administration and domestic policy advisor to Ronald Reagan concluded that Fox News viewers tend to be less informed. Uh, and again- And, wh- and I, what, was the, what was the
0: method of that study?
2: So uh, the 18 page study uh, titled How Fox News Changed American uh, Media and Political Dynamics. Uh, the proponents uh, and again, these people are conservatives, the proponents of supply side economics uh, found uh, that uh, Fox viewers tend to be less informed about current affairs, the people who follow other news sources, the study observed, sorry, I'm just scrolling down here. But, you know, obviously this is something that I just looked at, but this is not something that I was just guessing that I would find. Right. I've, I've right. seen I've seen this reported many times before. Now, maybe this is It's very dig- I mean, okay, fake news from, you know, left wing media sources, mm-hmm. uh, but it's certainly not a novel claim. There have been several studies over the years that have shown that Fox viewers are less informed than, uh, than <laughs> viewers of other kinds of media.
0: Fox viewers, it's so so, sad. Okay, the truth is that it is somewhat difficult to get accurate statistics uh, in a basic search on Google, and the reason is because the vast majority of media outlets are left-wing. Google is left-wing. There is a lot of data suppression going on. There is a lot of information suppression going on by social media, uh, by uh, media outlets like the New York Times, who are becoming far more left-wing and. You know, I asked Valeria the other day, what uh, how, what percentage of Russians believed in communism, right? An obviously failed uh, political system. And she's, it, you know, back during the Soviet Union. And she said, all of them, they all believed that communism was the way forward. How could you convince an entire country that a political system that is destined to collapse, destined to fail, is the correct way forward? Well, the reason, the way that you do this is... Suppression of information. That is how you do it, okay? If people only have a certain data set, if they only have certain information that they're getting, false information, bad information, and you're you're restricting all this good information, they have no idea what the other options are. Yeah,
2: I think, I think that is an, a, a pitch perfect description of what Fox News is like. <laughs> okay, come
0: on. Fox News is like an oasis in a desert. All right, it's the only really mainstream media news organization that is even remotely right-wing. Every other media outlet is left-wing, and it may not be left-wing to your standards, but it is left-wing. Well, it, would be, to- it
2: would be left-wing by, by any standards. It might be socially liberal, right? but it's it's certainly not economically left-wing. It's certainly not left-wing on foreign policy. If you actually want to know what the biases of the media are, uh, then a really good basic reading source would be Noam Chomsky and Edward Herbin's book, classic book, manufacturing consent
0: no uh, where they
2: where fun. they break down uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the numbers on this uh, but I think that as uh, I think that when it comes to things like portrayal of American foreign policy and its victims when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, when it when it comes to economic <clears> issues, <throat> left wing not a chance now if all you mean is not so you know is, socially liberal, uh, relatively friendly to, uh, to equality for gay people probably vote for Democrats. Sure. Right. I think that describes, yeah. you know, that describes quite a bit of the mainstream media, but I think that if you want to know where, and you know, the, and I think that it's gotten, uh, the media landscape as a whole, uh, has gotten worse because, uh, because it's gotten, um, because we're in a media landscape now where people can pick and choose a buffet of news. I wish they that, could. That, I that, wish they that, could. That confirm their confirm their own biases, uh, and they don't have to expose themselves to news sources that don't. I think Matt Taibbi's book, uh, Hate Inc., is uh, is very good on this. So it's very very easy, uh, if uh, if you're a conservative, uh, to only consume. Uh, can uh, conservative tilt to do? It's yeah, also that, very, that's, very that's, easy that's, if you're a sure. liberal to only, con- only to, to only. Consider. People are
0: selectively biased. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But here's, a, here's the question I, I, I want to pose to you right now because I think this is actually very critical. Do you actually think that conservatives should be free to express themselves on YouTube, on Twitter, on social media?
2: Yeah, I do. I think everybody should feel free, should be free to express themselves in those places. I think that the, I think that the evidence uh for uh for for systematic uh suppression particularly uh, of conservatives is overblown and depends on on overblown
0: i think overwhelming is the answer that you're looking for Uh,
2: extremely overblown (laughs) oh my Uh, god are you kidding me based based on wild cherry picking of the evidence i think you gotta look into this you gotta look into this trust me i've looked into it for every case you can come up with my Uh, case i have been suppressed for months Months yeah. ever since
0: I came out with my Gillette video, my numbers have been dismal. And in fact, actually, in September, I think they released me because my numbers are in are, are I think they have like tripled or something like that in September. And I'm fi- and you know what happened in late August? Trump went to the FCC and asked them to look into regulating the uh, the social media companies, including Google, including Twitter. Google owns YouTube. And suddenly we find that conservatives are now a lot more free to express themselves. I think I'm probably still suppressed to some degree, but not like I was. I mean, the suppression was ridiculous. There's something called a click-through rate, okay? A, a click-through rate. Impression by-, by impression, right? So you have a certain number of impressions. That's the, the amount that uh, uh, Google, YouTube will show your videos to people, right? Like uh, if you get shown, you know, a hundred videos, you pick one, right? Uh, no, however many people that video is shown to, however often they click, that's your click-through rate. So if hundred people are shown your video and five people click on your video, you know, of all the videos that they're shown, then that gives you uh, you know, a point of those 100. And I was getting click-through rates of something like 30%, Okay, 30%. And my videos were still getting something like 50,000 views. It was ridiculous. I had a friend who has a similar number of subscribers, and she would get 5% click-through rate, and she her videos would get something like 200,000 uh, views. Uh, the, the, the It was ridiculous. Suppression was very so, so, obvious. So,
2: so, so far, you've talked about two individual cases. The question is, and honestly... These are anecdotal, I don't think... Now, I think that when conservatives put forward this narrative... I don't think they're being dishonest. I just don't think they know what they're talking about because they—they <laughs> they know.
1: Well,
0: how then? They, how then they, am I getting? They, they, then they, am I getting hundreds know, of thousands of views know, on on a seven percent click through rate today know, when I was know, getting fifty thousand views on a on a thirty percent click through rate in August? They
2: know about their experience in times yeah. when YouTube, for example, has screwed them over. They know about. I talked to I, I talked
0: so. to leftists and they don't have this so, problem.
2: Uh, okay, I think you don't talk to enough leftists. Uh, I think that if you want examples of YouTube uh, deplatforming people, for example, uh, there are tons of examples uh, that that happen on the left. It's happened to me. Uh, that so they have, of course. Uh, I think that there are cases. This is the part I agree with yeah. you on, right? There are cases uh, where YouTube, Twitter, uh, other uh, other other platforms like this uh, have. Uh, have deep you know have deplatformed platformed uh conservatives uh mm. in ways that I find disturbing uh I think that having a few giant uh, for-profit corporations have this much control over the flow of information uh is uh is is a very bad idea I guess if I were a conservative or libertarian I think they should do whatever they want with their property but I'm not uh so I actually do have a problem with that there have also been cases uh when they have done that to leftists I agree I, not, I agree I've, with that I've, I will I've say that cert- certainly not seeing uh statistical information leading me to think uh that it actually happens mostly uh in the one direction well i didn't prepare for this so i I can't give you that but i assure
0: you it is mostly happening okay
2: I, i don't think it does i think that i think that people have actually looked into this have not come to that conclusion but look as far as the issue of principle uh should platforms like youtube uh have much less fuzzy rules, much more clearly stated rules that uh, have much more due process to them. Uh, so you have to get a clear explanation. For example, if a video is taken down uh, that you have a meaningful right to appeal it, etc. None of which exists now, absolutely. Do I think these rules should be a total free for all? You can post anything that you want. No, I think there are reasonable restrictions. I agree with you, reasonable but but, but I think they should I think they should err much more on the side of free freedom speech than they do now. Yeah,
0: yeah. So then, okay. So then there is at least one point in which you agree with Donald Trump because Donald Trump is working hard behind the scenes uh, with the FCC, with Congress, to try to convince or or at least pressure uh, pressure or at least convince uh, these social media companies to. Be more uh, free, or or allow more expression on their platforms. So, so you do actually. You 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 should then give Trump a little bit of credit then for pushing that. When I haven't heard a single Democrat come out to uh, you know against these social media companies who are inappropriately suppressing speech.
2: Well, I I think that I think that what Trump has done. Well, what would Biden uh,
0: do? Forget Trump. What would Biden do? What has Biden 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 said on this? What has Biden said on this? What has Kamala Harris said on this? What has Pelosi said on this? What is the left going to do when they get into office to ensure that we have
2: free speech? Okay, two things. One, nothing. What is Trump doing meaningfully? Nothing. Not true. Not true. Absolutely true. They have a – and also, of course, the really absurd thing you just said was Pelosi, Harris, Biden, and the left – get out Uh more, man, talk to some leftists, ask them what they think about these people, Uh you will not get rave reviews.
0: No, I I actually agree with that. But if you're voting, if we're talking about who needs to be elected in uh, uh, November, I think you've just completely undercut your position because those are the people that are gonna be in control of the country if we don't vote in Donald Trump.
2: Yes, those are the people who could be in control of the country. And so the question is about the comparative choice, right? Which is what I've been arguing all along that of course, I think Biden sucks. I tried very hard to stop him from getting the, uh, from getting the nomination, but elections are about comparative choices. Uh And if we are going to compare uh, what Trump has done in the last few years to what was being done before that, what would likely happen in a Biden administration. If your number one issue uh, is, uh, is looking at what's going on uh, what's going on with YouTube Uh, Do I think, by the way, that Trump is going to do anything that's actually going to get YouTube to do what I just advocated, have clear, consistent rules with a clear appeals process, et cetera? Not really. I think that he's going to make a lot of noises about uh, conservatives being suppressed, which, again, I'm not at all convinced that the evidence supports that as the predominant direction. Uh, But I don't think he's going to do that. But even if he was going to do that, look, is what happens on YouTube – more important or less important than, forgive me, James, the handling of the coronavirus plague. Is- <laughs> more is, I mean, I will give less, you this: or, the, or, the coronavirus thing is your best tack, is, but it's still a, weak. Well, you'll notice it's not the that's not the tack that start with. It's not even as astounding as I think it is that you're sitting you here keep saying, funneling down into say, it, say, say, saying with a straight face uh, that. Uh, 213,000 Americans dying when would all those deaths have been prevented? No. Would most of them have been prevented by better approach? Of course. No. But Come I on. don't even think uh, that, that that's you'll notice that's not even the issue that I've emphasized yeah. in my opening statement. Right. The uh, the issue that I emphasized, the issue that I started with was Donald Trump's assault on the institutions, the only institutions that have actually been able to raise wages, get better working conditions, give any kind of voice or power at the workplace to the American working class. And if the question is, uh, am I more concerned with how easy is it to organize a union uh, so you can make a living wage, so you can get proper PPE during uh, during a pandemic? Am I more concerned with that issue, or am I more concerned with what's going on on YouTube? That's a very easy call for me.
1: Cool. At the end of the day, sorry, go on. It might be a good opportunity to jump into the Q&A if you guys are up for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. sure. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll, I'll let him finish with that. I, I,
1: okay, it's fine. It's a yeah, Q- very Q- weak is, position.
2: Uh, well, okay.
0: I um, think. I think. I think it's right. obvious to everyone it's a weak position, okay, so well, I don't even think I, I, I have to I, respond. I,
2: I, I wish we could take an instant poll. That would not be my guess. You wanted to jump to questions? Oh, my too. God. Dude, James, you'd have to have instant polls.
1: you got to figure that out. That's true. We we could do that. I don't know if they're, they're not Blaming random. Blaming Trump but... for the
0: coronavirus is the weakest, but, most pathetic position you could possibly have. Yeah. Trump, ha- Trump has done everything that he thought was necessary. You, 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 you he, a, Fauci was asked in Congress, you know, what did Trump do compared to what the, the medical community had told him, what the experts had told him to do? And Fauci was like, Trump did everything we advised him to do. So yeah. this idea that Trump doesn't listen to experts, that Trump didn't do things right.
2: Guy who works for him, guy who would lose his ability to have any control or guidance about this whatsoever, yeah. if he were honest about this. That's about as shocking as a Soviet bureaucrat saying that the five-year plan You think is, that is Fauci going, has
0: definitely criticized Trump? Is, you is, think is going, that Fauci is, going, is in
2: Trump's pocket? I think that there are limits to what he's going to say in those circumstances. There are limits. Oh, no, to no, what he, was, anybody, he was testifying to Congress. In it wasn't his, like he was being interviewed in, his, in a softball in interview. Yes, he was testifying to Congress. But I think that there are limits on what anybody in his position are going to say under those circumstances. Oh, that's oh, come I think, on! Your response to this I point think, is oh, I, I don't think, I think it. All you got I, is here. what is what is what one what Fauci says and you're uh-huh. going to ignore the overwhelming uh-huh. evidence from the comparisons between the United States and Canada the United States Well, by, well Trump Union. is not an epidemiologist. He do only a, do what the experts tell him to do man? Uh-huh. I I think that it's overwhelmingly clear Biden was asked that the, Biden was asked the what you do differently. The US response to coronavirus has been among the very worst. Sure. Yeah, you in can the blame Cuomo for that. Look, look, look Biden was asked what he would have disaster. done differently,
0: and literally everything that he said in that interview were things Trump had done. There's no difference between what the Democrats would have done and what Trump did, based on the evidence of what Trump did. Would what would they have done had Trump not been there? Probably a lot worse of a job. But it's impossible well, to know because they weren't based,
2: there. Well, that's based on literally nothing. And, and, if, and <laughs> if we look at the fact that. That with very few exceptions, fewer than 10 exceptions, every other country in the world handled it better. I exactly. think that, I, well, no, I mean, that is just a fact. Look at rate you of can't, cases, You can't
0: look at the United States deaths, as a whole. Look at, of the, deaths, look at the Republican regions versus time. the leftist regions. I hate to
1: reasons. interrupt, guys. Okay, let's do the this. Q&A. Pardon my interruption, but just to jump into it's these It's the questions. leftist governors. The leftist governors. It's their fault. I love these. If
2: you <laughs> believe that there are leftist governors in the United States. I do. We love.
1: <laughs> I love your guys' passion. It makes it fun. It makes it <laughs> exciting. And so this has been a really, really enjoyable one. We Wait till you see the fist fight question.
0: afterwards. That's going to be crazy. That's right.
1: It will be barbaric. But we want to remind you that both of our Dr. Ben Burgess. Forgive me, Ben, I think I butchered your name earlier. So sorry about that. And so thanks for your patience. And Mr. Reagan. Both of them are linked in the description, folks, so that you can hear plenty more where this came from. And so with that, Net7, we've got a Joe Jorgensen supporter here. says... (laughs) Joe, not Joe Biden. In other words, Joe Jorgensen. They say, dump Trump, vote Joe Jorgensen November 3rd. Say no to democratic socialism and no to, I'm embarrassed to say this. Can you guys, what is paleoconservativism?
2: Uh, that means like Pat Buchanan style conservatism. Like it's mostly as opposed to neoconservativism, like, you know, people who are supporting the war in Iraq, things like that. So uh, paleoconservativism is like the wing of conservatism that tends to be more isolationist about foreign policy, yeah, more constitutional immigration, Trump
1: et Oh, I that. In know, some okay. ways, yeah. That's, I feel like, is that the new slang now, Ben? I don't know. Okay. No, but, it's not slang. Is it, 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 it's, it's, it's been around for a while?
2: Uh, it's been around for a while, but I feel like it hasn't actually been used nearly as much lately as it was back in like the early 2000s. Oh, okay. Well,
1: okay. Thank you so That's much good. for that. And Marcos Makovev says... TVP. Check it out. Is this another slang thing? What is TVP? That one I, I don't actually think. don't know that. Okay. Well, I used to be hip. All right. Matthew W, thanks to your attempt. <laughs> says, Thank you, Mr. Reagan, for your vigorous defense of Trump. So you have a, a supporter out there, a Trump supporter as well. Thank you, sir. Thank Brenton Langle. Uh, ah, Brenton, glad to hear from you. Brenton said there is no major leftist media in America, Mr. Reagan. You only have democracy now and maybe The Intercept. Most well, of are. This centrist. is semantics. Oh, one sec. They said most others right. <laughs> are centrist or far right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just perspective, right? I mean, any Marxist is going to look at the American left and say you're far right. But it's, it's I mean, it's an absurdity. I, I think that, but I'll you know, tell you what, we, we, are a, we are a capitalist nation so in the sense that if you want to look at full-on communism as the farthest left that you can go then we're right-wing in that sense because we're not marxist we're we're uh, we're capitalist um but typically americans look at the left-right divide within the capitalist framework and once you go past the capitalist framework into say you know you know the, these marxist ideas then you're going further left than most americans accept as the left in america but a a marxist will certainly be correct from his perspective or from her perspective in saying that an american you know left you know left-wing liberal politician is probably more right-wing in their minds than you know than left-wing but we're looking at two different scales we're we're looking at two different scales just one very quick quick
2: point about this you don't have to go all the way to full communism uh to have the perspective uh that, that i'm just giving a different that, measurement that, that, that i'm just giving a, the, the well sure well sure but but here's here's a third measurement you could look at sure. like you could you could think about uh things like in countries like like canada right so as far as i know is, is is not a communist nation uh even uh even the conservative party uh supports uh keeping uh the their medicare system national health insurance uh which is uh, roughly what bernie sanders advocates in this country in the uk Uh, Even the conservatives have to at least say, even if they'll undermine it in various ways, that they support keeping the National Health Service, which goes way further than what Bernie advocates to actually nationalizing the hospitals and having government doctors be government employees. So I'd say there's an international perspective, even within the boundaries of capitalism. These are all capitalist countries we're talking about, from the perspective of which uh, the American Democratic Party uh, is very far from left wing.
1: Gotcha. And next, appreciate your question. This one comes in from Adam Friended, who says...
2: I have had a conversation with Adam
1: Friended. You <laughs> I had a feeling you guys had had a run before. I have no idea who before. this is. He says, why not limit voting to the smartest people? Smart people make the best decisions. That's why planned economies work so well. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, so, so I think Adam could have paid a little bit more attention, uh, during our, uh, during a conversation. Uh, and he, uh, he might learn, uh, that, uh, that the, the sort of Soviet model of, of marketless planned economy, uh, is, uh, is not at all, uh, the, uh, the sort of thing that I advocate. If you want to know what I advocate, you can, uh, you can read, uh, an article that I wrote a few months ago in Jacobin called, uh, capitalism isn't working, but, uh, what would, uh, you know, what would a viable socialism look like, or something like that? Uh, but as to uh, as to his other point uh, about uh, about limiting uh, voting to uh, to the smartest people, um, in fact, my you know what I advocate economically is exactly the opposite of that, right? I want worker-owned firms where everybody uh, can can have a say, not just a few state planners. But as far as uh, limited voting to uh, to the smartest people, I'd say that when we actually look at the history of attempts to limit the franchise based on some sort of test allegedly for uh, for intelligence uh i'd say that that's not a particularly honorable history not one that inspires confidence about what such a thing would look like uh in uh, in the future and i don't even think that it led to uh the people who are allowed to vote being more intelligent
1: gotcha and thank you for this question this one comes in from marco's Michael let me know if I've mispronounced it Marcos thanks for your question said information suppression is going on by the United States government on whoever they want and upon what they want not what you think
2: I think I lost the thread I I, me too (laughs) I have no idea what that
1: so can you read it again they said I, I'm kind of just as confused as you. Okay. They said, okay. Information suppression is going on by the United States government on whoever they want and upon what they want, not what you think. I think it. We have a lot of conspiracy theorists. Okay, <laughs> Mar- okay. I'm sorry, Marcos. We love you. I, I just don't know what you meant. I'm sure
0: he. I'm sure what he's saying makes sense. I just the way it's. T- sometimes you type something and it doesn't come out clearly you know i do that sometimes i'm
2: sure i'm sure we all do but i I guess i guess i'd say i'm not entirely sure what he's referring to with uh with information suppression although this is as good a time as any to mention that uh if you are concerned about information suppression and freedom of the press uh sign up for
0: mr reagan on youtube uh
2: sorry (laughs) or uh take a look at the, uh, the Trump administration's uh, prosecution of Julian Assange, which is one of the most disturbing assaults on freedom of the press in a very long time.
0: I, I will stand up uh, with you on that. I do think that Julian Assange does need to be freed, but I would not put that exclusively on the Trump administration. And I think you would not agree with that. No.
1: Yeah. I agree. Gotcha. And thanks so much for this question. This one comes in from RT96. RT says, 2012 study, People who get their news from Fox are less informed than people who don't pay attention to the news at all. Is that a real I study? I remember that. Uh,
2: I, I certainly look. I won't claim that I have done a deep dive and what the methodology was or anything like that. But uh, I do remember saying that back then. Yes.
1: Fascinating. And well, blue
0: you- Can you read it again? I didn't. I didn't hear it actually.
1: They said twenty. 20- Study done in 2012 said people who get their news from Fox are less informed than people who don't pay attention to the news at all. Uh,
0: well, I don't I don't understand what this obsession is with Fox viewers. If you look at <laughs> studies that talk about Republicans right, versus Democrats, Republicans in every study I've seen are far better informed about politics specifically. Now you'll find that leftists or people who vote Democrat tend to be better educated in terms of uh, you know specialties, things like that. They tend to be more doctors, tend to be more uh, you know people with advanced degrees, better educated generally or in specific career areas. But when it comes to politics and political knowledge, Republicans win every single time, hands down, no question. Every study says it. Look it up. Anybody who is curious about that should look that up.
2: Gotcha. All right. Well, they uh, I guess uh, the Republicans who don't watch Fox know so much that they make up <laughs> once a year.
1: all Republicans watch Fox. Let's be realistic. And thank you for your <laughs> question. This one comes in from Blue Heron. Good to see you. Said Reagan, if the official election result is a Trump loss, mm-hmm. will you accept the results of the election or help to keep Trump in power?
0: Yeah, this is kind of like this weird myth that Trump uh, will refuse to step down if he loses. Uh, that's never really been Trump's position. Trump's position is that he is concerned that there may be voter fraud. And if the results indicate a Biden win, but there also is some kind of an indication of you know massive voter fraud or some kind of significant cheating in the election, then obviously Trump will take some kind of um, – uh, action to try to look into that between the time that the election takes place and the time that uh, obviously has to leave office which is in january i think january 15th so it's not that trump has refused to leave office no matter what it's simply that there is a concern and he uh, you know it's this is a logical fallacy which ben burgess can uh, explain probably better than i can but this idea that to say that uh I will not uh, agree to do something is not the same as saying, I will refuse to do something. right? So they're saying, will you immediately agree no matter what the um, no matter what the uh, out- like if the outcome is that Biden wins, will you uh, agree right now that wh- whatever the outcome is, you will accept it immediately on election day, right? And Trump's like, I I don't know yet. We have to find out. We have to see what happens. And I think that everybody would agree. Ben Burgess would agree that if there is, you know, some kind of obvious indication that there has been massive voter fraud, that whoever is in office should not concede immediately concede, uh, concede the election, the day of the election, if there is some kind of evidence of that. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take Trump's position, you know, every single day and I'll defend Obama. I'll defend Biden. I'll defend uh, Clinton. I'll defend anyone who happens to be elected uh, if they don't want to step down. If there's an indication of massive voter fraud, but uh, I don't think that there probably will be. I, I think that probably if uh, if Biden wins, then it'll probably look like a fair election, and then in that case, Trump should step down. Um, I don't actually think that's going to happen. I think Trump's going to win, uh, but uh, but yeah, I-, I don't. I think this is a non-issue. This is some kind of like myth to scare democrat voters a lot of points that democrats make are simply to scare or outrage democrat voters to keep them from thinking and so, to just so, keep you guys so, afraid so, or so where
2: where might this myth come from uh could it be the fact that uh quite consistently when he's asked or when pence was asked at the vice presidential debate mm-hmm. uh the uh, the other night uh would there be a peaceful transfer of power if you lost they did not in fact say what you just said Right, they have a. No, they, uh, they did
0: say exactly what I said. They, they, they said exactly what I
2: said. I, I just watched this. That's not what mm-hmm. Pence said at it, right? What he did conspic- he say? What did he say? He conspicuously spent two minutes not answering the question. Uh, they, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of that also from Harris. Don't get me wrong, right? But I think that that was a particularly disturbing one, uh, not uh, not to answer. Uh, and I think that if Trump had in fact uh, said uh, said what you said. Uh, then it would be far less of a story uh instead i think <clears throat> when asked like the easiest softball question of all time <laughs> right which is uh which is if the election doesn't go your way uh would uh, would would you accept uh, would you accept the result? uh it it costs nothing it doesn't that's, que- that's not an easy question not an easy question if you say, want to say what i just yes, said yes of course uh right. they have uh if you and but I think that if you go back and look at those transcripts, I don't think that Trump is saying, I know for damn sure Pence didn't say the other night, uh, well, I will unless there is clear evidence of massive voter but fraud. But Trump has said that although,
0: in other interviews.
2: Although, of course, there's also uh, the idea that there would be evidence of massive voter fraud. Okay is just nonsense it's based well, but, but hold on hold on ben
0: ben look if you're looking at an array of answers of responses right and you just ignore the in-depth responses and you only focus on the ones that look like he was equivocating or something like that and you say oh because he didn't give full answers here uh it's unclear and you just ignore the clarifications that he's made i mean sure you could you could make the case that uh, uh, Trump is you know, gonna try to st- steal the election or not uh, accept the results or something like that. But he has made his position clear. Uh, in other interviews, in depth, that you're just you're just ignoring those those points. His position is basically my position. Look, you you will acknowledge, I think, that Donald Trump isn't always as well spoken as every you know as other politicians. He's not as well spoken as me, right? As as I am. He sometimes finds it difficult to express uh, specific ideas, especially in language that's understood easily by the media or by Democrats. Right? Republicans tend to kind of get him. Right. They kind of get understand him. And so sometimes other people need to clarify what he's saying, or he needs to clarify what he's saying specifically to reporters uh, after the fact, after he's given his initial uh, response. And he's done that many times. I mean, just look at the just look at the uh, uh, when he was asked about, do you can you tell the 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 Proud Boys to stand down? First of all, Trump didn't know who the Proud Boys were. Secondly, oh, he, he, he said the word stand by, right? Stand by. Now that could be interpreted in two different ways. You could say stand by means. Stand by. Hold on. Wait until you get my signal and then go. Or it could mean, you know, that guy just stood by and didn't do anything where that woman got killed or something like that. Right. So stand by can mean wait for my signal or it can mean just do nothing. It was obvious to me and to every other Republican out there that he was just reiterating what he just said. Stand down. In, a, in different language. But because oh. standby can be interpreted in another way, the media twisted it. And that's exactly yeah. what's going on here. He's not always yeah. clear with what he says. Well, you have to be able to interpret, it, interpret we, what he's saying accurately. Have
1: to move to the next right. question. I, th- I, think, I think
2: you have to interpret it in light of his history of pretending not to know uh who bad actors who support him are like most that's famous, not like, true in that, pretending in again you're mind reading.
1: Mr.
2: here's why i'm not mind reading because in 2016 when he claimed not to have heard of david duke and the kkk uh, which is bizarrely implausible in the first place uh, you can find plenty of statements from before 2016 showing he had indeed heard of them
0: yeah, but but that doesn't mean that he doesn't – he didn't say he'd never heard of them. He's just like, I don't, I don't know anything about those people. I'm not associated with those people, which is a n- totally natural response for somebody who genuinely doesn't have anything to do with somebody. Like, he, he was going beyond saying, I denounce them. He was saying, not only – do I denounce them? I don't know anything about them. I'm not even remotely associated. It's it's the, it's the when when was the last, or did you stop beating your wife? It's that question, right? When did you stop beating your wife? Right, it's a very difficult question to answer. So Trump was always trying to just avoid because you're making an association in the minds of people, right? Ben Burgess, when was the, did, have you stopped molesting children? Right, so now you put in the mind of people that Ben B- Burgess molests children. Right, that's a completely unfair thing to do. Ben Burgess, by the way, I don't believe molest children. I've never heard this accusation made. For but sure, see that? now, which is it's kind of like a sick okay. thing to do. I shouldn't have used that illustration, we, and I apologize. But nobody, the point is, making that statement puts it in the minds of people. Oh, what? this guy's a child I, molester. I,
2: I, that's I don't terrible. Terrible, it, terrible thing any, to do in any by the other media. other context, you would interpret. I don't know anything about David Duke, as I yeah. repudiate him so completely that I disavow having anything no, no, to do I, with him. No, no, I'm saying them. Trump does I not always
0: express natural, himself clearly, and that's a natural response for somebody who legitimately has nothing to do with these.
1: People. I have okay, I, we have. I hate to do this, but Brenton Langle, thanks for your question. Said Sorry. giant corporations are not left wing. You aren't a leftist if you don't reject capitalism and private property. Corporate media and big tech love both. Sure. I mean, that's that's obviously the sort of Marxist position.
0: It's basically the same answer I gave before. If you are so far left that you think every, you know, Democrat politician in in the federal government is right wing, then, I mean, it's just a matter of perspective. There's nothing, yeah, most it, Americans it, don't agree with that.
2: It, it is a matter of perspective, but I'd also point out that uh, even if we don't have the perspective of totally rejecting uh, capitalism, that uh, from the perspective of Canadian or British conservatives, uh, the Democratic Party is not left-wing.
0: Let, let me just say this: it's it's a very weird argument. It's a very, it's it's an unproductive argument to say let's try to redefine what the left is in America, right? It's it, you know I, I think um, I do Yeah, think it's, it's, f- it's 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 kind
2: of pointless. I mean, I understand this I concept. of- I, I don't think it's 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 redefining, right? I mean, like we there you know, there was just a big primary, uh, you know, for the the second time uh, in uh, in the last uh, in the last in the last four years. Uh, where there was a pitched conflict uh, between the left wing and centrists. I think that we know what the difference is between them. I think kind of conflated those into the same thing. I mean, okay, but but no, but Ben Burgess,
0: you you would acknowledge, I, I imagine that the vast majority of Americans consider Joe Biden to be left wing.
2: Would the vast majority of Americans consider Joe Biden to be left-wing? I mean, the majority of Americans support lots of policies that are to the left of anything that Joe Biden is willing to say.
0: Right. But I'm just saying that the language that we use defines Joe Biden as left-wing in America. And so in order to try to say that, in fact, Joe Biden is right-wing or Joe Biden is like, you know, a centrist, I would also say he's a centrist for sure. But to say he's right-wing or in some way to you are in fact redefining what left-wing means in america in the minds of most americans i don't think that's productive i think we can use language that everybody understands you know to effectively debate these things without trying to just shift you know, well, it's like, I, th- I, th- you know I think
2: i think most people can tell the difference between even you know without getting into communism or marxism or anything socialism versus mainstream think, democrat I think, thought i think yeah. i think most people can can see the difference between yeah. Uh, even, yeah, which is why I'm
0: complaining about this attempt to, to shift the language. It's just silly.
2: Well, right, we but, but, I, but, I, but but I think that I think that calling um, mm-hmm. corporate centrists who are opposed to reform so mild that they exist in most countries in the first world. Uh, left-wing i think is itself a bit of a shift in language right I, I think that i think sure if you want to say what we we would consider to be right-wing in america okay well we say uh, socially which, which left would, or something then which, uh, yeah i think i think socially liberal but i think they're we. centrist i think that's the appropriate term
1: next one brenton l'angle strikes oh again he says trump is on record for trying to keep the danger of covid from the public his no, admin that's blocked issuing masks to every household, 45 is a mass murderer. <laughs> I don't know if that even deserves a response, but I'll, I'll try. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, there's always these claims that you know Trump's lack of action. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that masks are as effective as if you are sick, stay home. Uh, or wash your hands. I think those are the two things that we should have been telling people all along. We should have kept businesses open. Uh, So I don't even agree on the lockdowns that occurred or that that government guidance was good. Um, But that said, a lot of people believe in masks. They make people feel better. A lot of people, that's for sure. And uh, the Trump administration, Trump's administration, Trump's Trump's, wrong. Trump's administration has actually issued, uh, I think 125 million masks to public schools. I mean, there has certainly been a, a massive, federal attempt to try to combat this and try to you know masks aren't like you know why, why would the federal government distribute masks to every household if masks costs like a buck or something like that it's like Next it's not up. it's that's a that's a pointless uh position Sleepy so, so, so if, if, it, if
2: it costs a buck each, it should be a hell of a lot cheaper than a lot of things that they've done when they for example how much is box of masks like bailed out uh the cruise line uh, cruise how line much. industry for example and there are other countries like Taiwan, for example, the Ministry of Health, uh, mailed a mask to every single Taiwanese citizen. And if you accept- sure. uh, it makes that, it look like I'm, they're I'm, doing something. I'm, yes, and they are doing something according to the scientific consensus that masks do in fact reduce the rate of infection, which remember, according to the CDC, you said there's some WHO figure you don't remember, but according to the CDC- No, no it's not a figure, uh, 40, 40, it's not a figure. 40, 40% of infections are COVID infections are asymptomatic.
1: What I, that's uh, just absolutely I mean, false. Just no, that, that, well, original, that is what the CDC the says. People.
2: Maybe you know better than them, but that's what I they do. Say. Original, I
1: do. Okay. okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Next, this one comes in from Sleepy Dan, who says, Democrats <laughs> called Trump's early travel bans xenophobic and racist. Exactly. We could have lost so much more time or so much more to COVID without them gaslighting at its worst. Yeah, I
2: understand why Trump supporters cling to this like the last little- uh, I don't get it. He took action. What is clinging to? In a crash I don't understand how he's clinging to, though. He's taking action early. That they can cling to to claim that Trump was actually on top of this when everybody knows, certainly polls show most Americans know, common sense tells us, the facts tell us that the Trump administration responds to this has been a disaster now it certainly is true that a lot of the rhetoric about china was xenophobic it's certainly true that uh that china in many ways (laughs) how was it xenophobic how was it xenophobic? explain that that to me i want to know uh, what that means it's certainly true that uh the uh that the selective uh focus on china was beside the point largely as far as stopping the spread given where most of uh the infections were actually coming from at that point uh but saying oh uh there were you know there were democrats who criticized him for uh, for doing this one thing the question is why was there why uh did uh did he drag his feet for so long you could find yes lots of democrats who i think deserve lots of criticism for dragging their feet not as long as he did uh and why is it uh that there was no attempt to do what we know is the only serious solution to do a serious nationwide lockdown, could propose legislation not to do that, absolutely would not be unconstitutional and use that lockdown as an opportunity we, to implement the kind of test and t- trace regime. Yeah, hindsight is, is twenty rate. twenty. Okay, Are, let, 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 let me read real we, quick. Just let me on. read
1: this. We, we have so many questions. I, I hate to say that we, we really probably should just okay, sorry. do one right, response let's... per question. Uh, Given that that one was for Ben, I I think it's a good chance to move to the next one. Anthony M. says, would either of you advocate for using phrenology or augury to determine voting eligibility? Isn't phrenology
0: like the study of the human skull? Right. And augury, (laughs) I think... Go ahead. I don't quite understand... Uh, the question is I, a joke? I, I or?
2: think I think he's being snotty. He's talking yeah, about, was, res, 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 about restricting that, okay. voting to uh, more intelligent people. Uh, no, no. That,
0: uh, so okay, I I think there's this confusion about when I say educated people should vote and not and uneducated people should not vote. Uh, that doesn't mean smart people should vote. That doesn't mean smart people should vote or stupid people shouldn't vote. I don't think there's a really good way of determining how smart somebody is or how stupid somebody is. I've met plenty of people that went to Berkeley that are complete idiots. Uh, I've met lots of uh, I've met lots of people that never went to college that are brilliant. Uh, this idea that, I mean, if, if everybody's going to take an IQ test, I suppose we could determine it that way. But that's a little bit... Um, eugenicist, I guess. No, I, I, I have no interest in determining somebody's IQ or intelligence with regard to vote, voting. Sometimes smart people make the worst decisions. Um, I'm specifically advocating people who have educated themselves on the issue. You wouldn't want, um, you would not want a plastic surgeon to, you know, perform an appendectomy on you. You know, you wouldn't want the wrong – you wouldn't want an, a mechanical engineer uh, to, to come in and, and provide medical care. This might be a very smart person, but if they're not educated in the specific area in which you need them to be educated on, uh, you wouldn't want them working in that area. In the same way, is if, if there are people who know nothing about politics. You know, you got a lot of these 18-year-olds that are like you know, Black Lives Matter activists. They really don't know anything about politics. You ask them about the, the issues, so this, they know nothing, this,
1: this, this,
2: this and they're is going in all, and voting. This is not at all an argument I would make – uh, I don't believe in any of this technocratic stuff. I think that I think that most political conflicts are about different economic interests and ideology rather than level of information. But I do find it kind of funny that what Chris just said sounds to me an awful lot like an argument that we should be ruled by uh, career politicians uh, rather than uh, rather than no uh, Ben real, i'm not
0: I'm not uh, suggesting real in any way
2: guys from New York. I, what are you talking I, about? I don't understand. I'm not saying that people like because because these comparisons seconds. you're making about expertise. Uh, certainly, make it sound like you're saying that political decisions are best made by people with relevant expertise, uh, which would presume- no, no relevant knowledge, okay. relevant
1: knowledge. Well, you don't have to have I experience. You, you don't seconds, have to be Mr. Look, uh, Reagan. And then we got. to
0: I'm, I'm talking about voters. I'm not saying that there should be laws implemented in any way whatsoever. No, no, I think no, no. that if you, okay. I think that people should be encouraged to vote, and educate themselves, and discouraged to vote if they refuse to educate themselves. I think that that's a totally reasonable position. I don't th- know how anybody could disagree with
1: that. We, I hate to do it, but we must move to the next one. We had Sunflower who said, does the left exaggerate certain things that Trump does simply as symbolic or harmful or regressive ideas, even though they're ultimately inconsequential?
2: Yeah, I think there are cases, uh, in which, um, well, some people on the left, but certainly liberals again, cause I would make that distinction, uh, have hyped up uh, relatively inconsequential uh, Trump decisions. I think that certainly happens. Uh, But I also think that the opposite happens, that there are things that Trump does uh, that are massively damaging and destructive, like the labor rulings that I started out talking about that get almost no play in the corporate media.
1: Gosh, thanks so much. And stupid whore energy, as she likes to go by, says most of Trump's... Mom, 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 you're putting, you're posting (laughs) stuff on here? That's surprising. She (laughs) says most of Trump's debate claims about mail-in voting was false. The dude is clearly trying to manipulate the election unethically. Say that one more time. She said I was thinking about my mom joke and I was very proud of myself. Sorry. <laughs> she said most of Trump's debate claims about mail-in voting were false. The dude is clearly trying to manipulate the election unethically.
0: I don't I, I think that's a huge assumption to make. Right. If you have a concern about voter fraud, um, you know, what's the evidence to suggest that that's somehow going to turn into a, a manipulation of the uh, election? That's that's. You have to. A lot of people definitely think that Trump is corrupt and they hate Trump and blah 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 blah. If you think Trump is evil, if you hate Trump, you're going to interpret everything he does in you know through this lens. You're just going to assume that it's all a manipulation to do something nefarious and evil. But what nefarious, evil thing has he done since he's been elected? What illegal thing that he, has he done? What what criminal? What uh, nasty political tactic? I mean, the left has taken every nasty political tactic. You can imagine they impeached him for a phone call that in which he did nothing wrong. I mean, There's all these nasty things the left has done. Trump has done nothing. There was all these accusations that when Trump is going to get elected, he's going to declare war with North Korea. He's going to you know, destroy all of our international relations. He's improved just about every possible aspect of of, of American standing in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, improve the economy, right? Of, Of course, coronavirus crashed all that, but he'll do the same thing again when he gets elected again. I don't understand this concept of Trump's corruption when no corruption has ever been shown whatsoever. There's just this, it's bizarre. It's like people saw the assumptions that were going to occur in 2016, saw that they did not exist. Trump is in fact not corrupt, but the left in fact was, and now they're making the same claims now even though they they were all
1: disproven in 2016, it's bizarre that people think that he's so evil. Sorry. I hate idiot. to pardon. Yeah. Just uh, Soda Cabbage, don't worry, we've got more for you, says yeah. maybe Trump supporters and Mr. Reagan mirror their opinions onto Trump as, quote, what he means was, unquote, Well, possibly. That's possibly whatever.
0: true. I may be misinterpreting Trump,
1: but I don't think so. Gotcha. And... With that, we have just give me a sec, I'm gonna load this up. I think we had a couple of other questions come in. Want to remind you folks, both of our guests are linked in the description. So highly encourage you. You can check out all of their content at those links and want to jump into this next one. This one comes in from Bartos Diagos, appreciate it. Said Ben, the media is fake. Ignorance will be the USA's demise. Look. For more from the right to the left side, greets from the Netherlands. Thanks so much. Uh,
0: true, true. I love that guy.
1: I
2: okay. I'm not even sure I understood what he was saying, but uh, I didn't also didn't catch a question. So I don't know. Oh yeah, that.
1: yeah. That's true. It, some a lot of times we for super chats we allow people to make a comment toward uh, the speakers sure. that they would get a chance to respond to. So you're right. This is like not a question. This is uh more of a broad statement let's see but one thing i didn't understand is they said look more from the right to the left side i didn't understand the second half but i like the first half (laughs) well
2: (laughs) i think regard with regard to the the media and its biases I, i said my piece and then i didn't quite understand where it went after that
1: next up last question we have here brian f thanks for your question said overall do you guys see the left or right trying to take away the freedoms from u.s citizens and why Ben? Uh,
2: well, I think that uh, depending on, on which freedom uh, that we're talking about, I think that some of our most important rights are rights in the workplace, uh, which is where we, uh, we spend uh, half of our waking hours. Uh, and I spent a lot of my opening statement- You are
0: so old school socialist. Through, it's going a through
2: a litany of ways in which uh, the Trump administration uh, has undermined the rights and protections uh, of uh, of working people. Give me an the example.
0: They,
2: oh, Really? Okay. One, I, yeah. I, okay. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we can look at, uh, for example, the uh, the COVID era. Sorry, uh, NLRB rulings uh, where um, where it's uh, Trump's NLRB has ruled that employers uh, are not obligated to bargain over paid sick leave and hazard pay. Uh, this is in places that are already union shops. Uh, employers are also uh, free from having to bargain uh, over a um, over a uh, uh, temporary closure. And most disturbingly, uh, the Trump-appointed board uh, has uh, declared that speaking out against your company's COVID safety procedures is not protected speech. In other words, you can be fired for raising concerns during a deadly pandemic. This is an addition to what I mentioned earlier about using COVID as a pretext uh, to stop uh, elections, to certify uh, to certify new unions. This is an addition to rulings from Trump's NLRB that, for example, uh, when you have public spaces uh, that are still part of an employer's property, like the area outside of a grocery store where you might see the Salvation Army, uh, in the past, uh, Unions had to be allowed to use those public areas that were open to other groups in order to give workers information about, for example, a union they're trying to organize. Uh, that's no longer the case. Another example would be a Trump executive order about uh, about federal employees, uh, you, know, probably, you know, making it harder uh, for shop stewards to file grievances. So yeah, there's a long list of these things. Also, if we're not if we're going to look outside of the workplace. Already mentioned Julian Assange, where I was very happy that you know that Chris agreed that that is indeed uh, very bad. Uh, what's uh, what's happened there? Uh, the Obama- I'm not sure
0: Trump is actually uh, you know aggressively well, the, aggressively pursuing that. That was an Obama situation.
2: Well, the Obama administration actually made the decision not. I mean, they did tons of things in this area that I strongly disagree with. No question about that. I think I think in a lot of ways, very very bad. On the national security, civil liberties stuff, but they did make the decision not to seek uh, extradition uh, of Assange uh, on these on these charges, which doing so dramatically undermines uh, freedom uh, freedom of the press. If you can if you can go after uh, a foreign journalist uh, for encouraging. Uh, the uh, the leaking of information that's classified within the United States that really really undermines our ability as Americans to find out bad stuff that our government is doing uh, that we might uh, that we uh, that we might want to look at. So I think that those are both areas uh, in which uh, in which the uh, the Trump administration uh, has uh, has really uh, undermined uh, our freedoms. I also think that the uh, that the encouragement. Of really heavy-handed uh, responses. I'm not talking about riots and looting here, uh, but to, in the overwhelming majority of cases, peaceful protests, which has included lots of attacks on journalists uh, by, uh, you know, by riot cops and the way the Trump administration
0: by rioters. I think you mean
2: by riot cops. Uh, by rioters.
0: They,
2: you know, that is not at all what I mean, Chris. They have a. No, I have
0: friends uh, that are in there getting physically attacked by rioters.
2: Okay, so both things can be true that there are, that there are in fact cases uh, where, you know, where, I don't think that was attacked, intentional have attacked, have attacked, have attacked journalists. There are tons of cases. I don't where think that, That's completely irrelevant. Anyway. Trump Guard isn't going attacked, out physically attacking
0: the media. For,
2: well, no, for the, the National raids. Guard to do that. But no. in any case, uh, yeah, I think that the, I think that uh, as in many areas, I think when it comes to national security and civil liberty stuff, I think Biden has nothing to write home about. I think Trump is a disaster.
0: Okay, let me answer this in one minute. You took, I think, 16 hours to answer that question. I will no, I will just really quickly. Uh, okay, that was very convoluted. Oh, and shit, un- I got another un-
2: 16 hours in me. All right.
0: <laughs> I don't think that was particularly convincing. I think that nobody really thinks that Trump is trying to dismantle any you know, fundamental American rights, but the left definitely is. They're going after your freedom of speech, right? We know that we're censored on every kind of social media the left doesn't care about that uh, they're going after our gun rights everybody knows that they want to uh, undercut the <laughs> second amendment completely they under want to undercut the second amendment completely they're no going after our religious are going that, after our okay. religious liberties they're going after our religious liberties but only for christians only for christians nobody's going in, after christians in, religious false, liberties false false uh, in california in, world can i finish false. can i finish uh, i'm speaking uh, i am speaking okay so, <laughs> so sorry. That was my I'm best so, so, Kamala harris so that was my sorry. best Kamala Harris oh, impression. You're, you're right. I'm, I'm being I Can't Trump believe you. a white man is, is trying to mansplain to me. This is ridiculous. Um, no, in California, they're actually trying to dismantle our civil rights protections. So that specifically, so that they can uh, 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 bring back you know affirmative action laws, so that they can um, aggressively try to uh, oppress white and asian people in terms of like going to schools and things like this bring back things like quotas it's bizarre what they're trying to do they're trying to end civil liberties on the left it's, there's there's the, par- the number the number of rights that they're trying to take away from us from the left is absurd
2: there's paranoid hysteria there's really no. bad paranoid hysteria and there's this, this is real stuff white people are somehow oppressed in the united states Uh, I mean, systemically, systemically. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's that's fascinating.
1: We had one last one come in blue hair and things. for your question, said N16 Trump claimed millions of people voted illegally. Uh, I think they meant like in 2016. And then he (laughs) said, do you believe him? Is that the kind of evidence you need before supporting Trump staying in power?
0: I think that was hyperbole. Gotcha. I think he thought a lot of people voted illegally. I don't think he knew what the number was. I think that was just sort of in a hyperbolic expression. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where, where people, you know, when Trump was running, this was before he won, uh, and there was this big movement toward Trump, a, a brilliant reporter, I forget what their name was, but they they made the observation that Trump supporters take Trump seriously, but they don't take him literally. And the left take Trump's takes everything Trump says literally, but they don't take him seriously, right? There's a lot of misinterpretation of what Trump says, because Trump doesn't speak like, you know, especially clearly all the time. And I accept that that is a, that is a problem with Donald Trump. But it's not, I think that is absolutely critical that reporters and the press try to find what the actual, you know, the, the most appropriate interpretation of what Trump's saying is, instead of the least charitable interpretation of what Trump's saying is because that's what they do every single time and it creates um a, an incomplete and inaccurate picture of what Trump is about and what he's saying and I actually think Ben Burgess I think you would actually agree with that to some degree
2: uh do I think that uh that Trump is that a, the left that the left-wing often, media often, or that the media speaks in a barely coherent stream no that's not what it, my it's question hard, is I'm talking specifically it's about it's how so the well, let's interprets
0: to, let's it. uncharitably what Trump says in every instance they possibly can. I, I think, think you agree that's true. I
2: think that there are cases in which, uh, in which there are there are statements that you know that have uh, have been overblown. I think that that's happened. Misrepresented. I, I think, think that I think that it's also happened that there are many 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 times uh, that he'll say crazy things and Republicans will scramble to try to find some. Oh, what he really meant is. And oftentimes there's a little whiff of Maude and Bailey, which is where you you say something to try to be provocative. uh, And if you're challenged too much on it, you can retreat to, oh, what I actually meant was. And that if you're actually that bad at communicating that this is something that comes up constantly, then perhaps president isn't the ideal job for you.
0: I, I do think it comes up occasionally, but I don't know if that is a defining characteristic of Trump. I think more often he's misinterpreted than he employs Martin Bailey, which I do agree that he does do. He will say something that's uh explosive, provocative, you know, meant to get some attention in the media, but I do think more often the media just intentionally misrepresents what he's saying.
1: We should probably, if it's a, a decent time to wrap it up. I know that Ben is Michigan. You're in lower Michigan. Are you guys in Eastern time or central?
2: Oh, we're in Eastern time.
1: Wow. Okay. So yeah, getting pretty late. And then, Mr. Reagan. I'm I good. See- I don't know what your guys' problem is. <laughs> right. Are you in <laughs> California? Is that it? I am. Yeah, I'm in California. Good for you. Well- so what we'll do is uh want to say, I enjoy these guys so much, folks. So I encourage you to check out their links below. They are just, this has been so much fun. And so want to let you know, reminder, folks, you are welcome here. No matter what walk of life you come from, we, we really do appreciate you hanging out with us. And so, again, want to say a huge thanks to our guests, though. Thanks so much, Ben and Mr. Reagan, for being here with us.
2: All right. Thanks, James.
0: Thank you, guys.
1: My pleasure. With that, folks, keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Take care and have a great weekend, and we'll be back tomorrow night.